Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live.
to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. All right. T2Q radio show number, what, 531 starts right after these messages from TruthDevour.com. Nick Festari and Crisis Intervention 101. Honey, honey, look, Truth Devour just won at the 2015 L.A. Book Festival in the Romance category. Wow, that's great, sweetie. I don't think you understand. She's placed the e-book, Wanton, on sale for 99 cents to celebrate. Sure, dear. That's nice. Honey, if you buy me the whole trilogy, it would make me very happy. And you know when I'm happy, I really, really want to make you happy, too. Well, slap me happy. Hello, Truth Devour. What's the name of that book again? It's a trilogy, the Enigma series, Wanton, Unrequited, and Fated by Truth Devour. www.truthdevour.com www.truthdevour.com Okay, got it. Love you more, my too delicious tootie pie. Now come here and give me some sugar. It's about time you discovered Nick Fastari. He's big on the dance scene in Europe and huge in Japan. Now Nick Fastari is making it big globally with his exciting new debut EP titled This Is Me Slower and Faster. From romantic ballads to edgier punk rock tinged hits, this new EP could be the soundtrack to your life. Get Nick Fastari's debut EP, This Is Me, Slower and Faster, available on iTunes, Amazon, and download sites worldwide. Did you know that one in four people in America lives with a mental illness? Do you have the communication skills to help out if one is in a crisis? What if it's your best friend? Maybe your son or daughter? While crisis intervention isn't new, the book Crisis Intervention 101 is. It's easy to read. Include links to two videos, and it's under $10. Get your copy of Crisis Intervention 101 today on Amazon.com because we all need help in a crisis. All right. My thanks to TruthDevour.com, Nick Fistari, and Crisis Intervention 101. Score your copy on Amazon today. Okay. What makes you feminine? And what makes you masculine? Now, I mean, this show won't be controversial at all now, won't it? Um, yeah, I know better. I mean, people will always question someone's traditions because some people think um, that it's something that really shouldn't be discussed. Well, you know that this show brings everything to the table to be discussed, and this topic will not be excluded. Um, you have a lot of different things going on in the world today, like you know, guys wearing dresses or fingernail and toenail polish and women in strip clubs and things of that nature. I mean, we'll talk about it today and try to get a and get an idea from my show legends on how they feel about all this. Are gender roles and stereotypes changing? That's what we're discussing on today's Talk to Q Radio show. No experts, just opinions. Let me go to my aforementioned show legends and go to the 248 area code, the Motor City of Detroit, 
and welcome on the author, the show hostess, and show legend, Crystal Hickerson. What's going on, Chris? Hey, Q, how are you? I'm doing well, and how are you doing today? Yeah, pretty good. No complaints. Okay. Very good, very good. You sound upbeat. Glad to have you on. <laughs> Let me travel to the 850 area code. The Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida. So welcome on the man in black, the Buckster. Buck, what's happening, bro? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? Crystal, you sound good tonight for a change. <laughs> wow. Thank you, you know Buck. What? Now I remember why I'm single. You got me hyped up just hearing you. She got me hyped up just because she was sounding better. Because, I mean, she, would, she got, a little, got a little pep on her step like she had her favorite drink or favorite smoke or whatever. She sounds good tonight. Wow. That's, that's awful. Okay. Oh, my God. I'm just being insulted in so many ways. I You're not being insulted. Them. I'm totally You're not being, being insulted, Buck. Oh, my Yo, God. You probably want to stop talking. How do you call that insulting? I know, I'm trying to give right? You, I'm trying to give you some props. Yeah, stop while you're behind, bro. I know. You could totally do a topic just on that alone. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Go ahead, Q. 347-202-0215. is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. And uh, all right. So first question, Crystal. We'll jump right into it. What makes you or what makes a woman feminine in your opinion? Okay. Well, um, despite the fact that we are definitely able to look over men's, you know, inability to be kind, um, and what makes a woman feminine is a, a woman who is, of course, you know, we have to include some of the quote-unquote stereotypes because, you know, stereotypes only means that it's been around for a very long time and it's common. And that is a woman who is nurturing, um, you know, who is, you know, caring. I guess your epitome of what a mother is um, and, you know, which is what a nurturer is. So that's someone who is, um, I guess, the softer side of sex has been twisted and turned to use to, to mean something very, um, you know, derogatory, but actually... It just means that someone who is willing to listen and, and to be, um, you know, a caring to the next person and um, kind of more objective and, and willing to be there for them. And that's, and I think that's what makes a woman a woman because that's really innately what we are because we we take care of children and we have to um, – take care of our children, which when they're babies, they don't have the ability to speak, so you have to listen, you have to pay attention. So that's that's a part of our, our general makeup. So I think that's, that's kind of what entails uh, the femininity of a woman. Okay. And I think that's a very elaborate and well-stated well answer. And But as a guy, in your opinion, what makes a woman feminine? Well, I mean, I can co-sign what Christopher just said. I mean, she made some really good points. Um, 
but also I, I think, you know, just a woman just being, I mean, just her overall just makeup. I mean, there there's a lot of, you know, good, good things about women that make them kind of as long as they, you know, in my opinion, you know, the nurturing is, you know, what Crystal said was really good, nurturing, caring, um, their personality. Um, personality means a lot. I mean, it, um, the way they carry themselves. Um, some women don't have to, you know, some women don't have to evoke any, you know, certain type of attitude or whatnot. Just their overall personality, the way they carry themselves and the way, you know, the way they do their daily functions, you know, is, you know, can make them feminine. Um, maybe, maybe they wear their dress or um, just their overall upkeep and things of that nature also make them feminine. In addition okay. to what, yeah, what Thor has already said. All right. So let's see. As I go to Twitter, uh, PJ Extra chimed in and said, I like that. This is a quote. I like the typical hair did, nails did, <laughs> sex appeal on the Lolo type feminine. Okay. Um, on Facebook, Lady chimed in and said, my appearance, my attitude, my grace, my smile, and how I intersect those attributes in my relationships with family, a guy, friends, and associates all make me feminine. Okay, so let's flip the script for a second, and Buck, let me ask you, what makes you masculine, or what makes a guy masculine? Well, you know, as far as, you know, guys are concerned, you know, being able to, you know, take charge, be able to take care of things around the home, you know, if they need to fix something. You know, I'm I'm the type of person that I don't like to have to call somebody to do something for me, you know, to come fix something. I, I'd rather do it myself. It gives me the sense of pride, uh, save money, but it also gives me a sense of pride, of it, you know, it being done right because you can call people over and they don't necessarily do it right. So I'd rather do it on my own and make sure it's done. Um, taking care of, uh, you know, vehicle things or house things or, you know, yard things or what have you. Um, also, the way you carry, you know, the, the way guys carry themselves, too. I'm not, you know, I'm not into these guys, you know, painting toenails for whatever their causes are or, um, you know, fingernails and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's to get pedicures, but I don't need, you know, don't want to see no color on them. We need to be clear. Um, the way you carry yourself as a man, I mean, I know that a lot of this stuff kind of has changed over the years for whatever reason, but, you know, you got to be a man. So, I mean, the way you dress, the way you carry yourself, you know, take care, you know, guys got to take care of their bodies as well as women. So, I mean, I think, you know, the way you take pride in, you know, what you do for yourself, um, it gives you confidence in the way you carry yourself. You know, in a masculine way. Don't go out there wearing capris like you see these clowns be doing in the NBA and all that kind of stuff, wearing dresses and all that other crap. I can understand if you wear a kilt if you're from over in that area, but, you know, as far as wearing this stuff that you see some of these clowns wearing now, you know, I think being a man, you've got to make sure your pants are cool from the ass and not hanging off. Um, you know, wearing something that, you know, that's becoming to you that, you know, that fits your body and not too loose and just hang it off. Um, so, 
in addition to, you know, being able to do things and taking care of things, you know, around home, vehicle, what have you, at your job or whatnot, you need to be able to carry yourself well, too. You know, the way you, in your overall appearance and how you take care of yourself, I think those are all important keys to be able to Okay. Well, Crystal, do you agree with that? I mean, to you, what makes a guy masculine? Um, do I agree with that? Well, yeah, I, you know, I do. I think, you know, however, I think that uh, masculinity and femininity has, um, the way you look has a very small percentage in that um, term and uh, definition. I think it mainly has to do with, um, you know, I guess is what Buck was saying or the way you carry yourself uh, and what you do. Um, just like for women, as I was saying, it has a lot to do with, you know, the nurturing, the caring, and the the overall makeup of, of who we are and the things that we have to do, the role of, of the woman in a very biological sense. It's the same thing for the man. Um, if he is able to um, take care of things, or, or, you know, around the home, the, the purpose of the man is to protection. And he is... Um, you know, for lack of a better word, he is our bouncer, <laughs> uh, as for the woman, quite frankly. I mean, and, and biologically speaking, I mean, while we um, take care of the children, it, it kind of puts us in a, in a more physical, um, weaker, quote-unquote, state because we are, you know, we have to bear the children and take care of them immediately when they are born. So it's up to the man to protect that environment so we can do that. Um, and... So by their makeup, in order to do that, they should be able to um, um, be stronger um, aggressively in order uh, for protection of the home and survival of the female. So, and, you know, that incorporates a lot of things, not, you know, just financial. And financial is more of a modern term. But in general, for them to be able to protect the home, to go out and to provide, you know, the food and, and, and sustenance that we need in order to take care of the child and everything. Because that's really our purpose here is, the, you know, to continue the race and, and human race. And the only way to do that is um, to bear children and, and, and all of that. And so we have certain roles that I know in the modern age that, a lot of those roles are scowled upon and some of the things that, you know, Buck was saying regarding, you know, the kind of the changes that have happened over time and that have skewed um, our sense of of being with each other as, as male and females. But, um, you know, I think that some of those are innate within us and that is what we're talking about when we talk about masculinity and femininity. And so, so yeah, I do agree with, you know, a lot of what he was saying. Okay. All right. Well, um, I think all of you hit it. So I don't really think there's anything I can say to follow up on that. Uh, PJ Extra chimed in and said, TCB, taking care of business, is what um, he considers masculine. And a lot of times that's that's what some women look for. They look for guys to take charge, and that's the sign of masculine. You know, make sure that things get done. Do what you say you're going to do. You know, um, all of that's a part of it. So, all right, Crystal, if you had to think of three words to define 
what is feminine, what three words would you choose? Okay, um, three words. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess uh, beauty, um, nurturing, and pink. <laughs> beauty, nurturing, and pink. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, no, that's pretty good. That's off the top of your head, so I, I get that. Yeah. And book three words to describe feminine. Feminine, three words. Um, I would say hmm, it's kind of hard, really. Yeah, let's see. Oh, definitely, I like personality. Personality, I think. It, something that I really look for when I'm, you know, when I'm into that uh, personality. Um, hmm. Three words. That's one. Um, sensual. Yeah, that des- describe feminine. Okay, sensual. Okay. Okay. Also, I would say I, I like a polite woman, too. I like one that, you know, I like okay. that may not be feminine, but I, I I like a woman that's polite because I think it's important because if they're polite, it, it kind of gives it kind of gives you a different you know a different perspective on them because that you know they can thank you for things and you know I, I think that's important. So I look for that. I don't look just on looks and things that like things of that nature alone. So I like them to be polite. Well, okay. All good, all good. The one, the words that come to my mind, um, soft. When I think of feminine, I think of soft. All right, nurturing, which I think is one that Crystal used. Um, someone who always makes things better, and graceful. Um, someone that just, you know, the way she moves, the way she walks, just her presence, just gives, just emits this. Or a femininity. I mean, that's just how I look at it. So those are the three words that come to my mind. But, all right, Buck, what three words describes masculine? Strong. Um, um, take charge. I know that's two words, but take charge. Um, mm-hmm. Also, attentive. I mean, I think God needs to be attentive as well. I mean, because... <laughs> Um, if we're paying attention to what the, the what the women are saying, I think it's important. I think we need to be attentive. Okay. And Crystal, what three words describes masculine? Um, I think, um, of course, strength in many levels of of that, not just physical, um, intelligence, and zero. Did you say intelligence, really? Okay, I didn't, didn't see that one coming. Yes, yeah, so unfortunately, there's not that many men out there anymore. But, yeah, intelligence is very key <laughs> to masculinity. Yeah. Ah, okay, okay. And let's see, on Twitter, my man Dre chimed in from Tampa on about the women, about feminine. He said curves, curves lips, and smiles. So he picked three physical things. For masculine, Lady T said strength, 
responsibility, accountability. All right. And the Dre chimed in about what's masculine. He says, my voice, and referring to his voice, his voice, his style of dress, and fatherhood. I don't know how Dre dresses. I, okay, I guess I have to pay attention to see if he dresses masculine or not. I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, my three things as far as three words that describes masculinity, I have hard, all right, and that can be, you know, physical or mental, I guess. Um, confident, I think you got to be confident if you're going to call yourself masculine. And this one might, you know, seem controversial to some, non-emotional. I think if you're going to be masculine, you just can't get caught up in your feelings. And that's something we'll probably discuss a little later. Um, you got a caller holding whenever you want to chime in, press one, and you can join the discussion. Uh, Crystal. All right, and I'm just kind of talking about emotions now. Crystal, can a man have a feminine side and still be considered masculine? And if so, do you have any examples? Well, okay, since you brought up the fact of emotions, um, I, I don't consider that to be a feminine thing. Um, I do believe that um, when you say emotionless, that to me that's like a robot or something and that's not human and I feel that men are very emotional but it's the way they portray it is very different than how women portray their emotions so they still have mm -hmm. them it's just different so I don't think that it's feminine but um, as far as having femininity um, when we think you know some of the things that I you know I said about femininity can still apply to men as as you know as as far as being nurturing they still can be very nurturing um as well um but i think it's it's how they approach it so if you think of femininity on a feminine on a um physical um way whereas um some of the things such as buck was saying about you know maybe even if they have a manicure taking care of themselves is one thing, but then when they start, you know, ornamenting themselves with, with with colors, and that's a little different, and they're crossing over the line, and that kind of blurs thing, things a little bit. So, uh, and being soft um, is often, you know, of course, thought of as being very feminine. Uh, I think some things can exist together um, in order to have balance. So if a woman is, is to be very, very, you know, soft, which means to me, I always go back to the child because as a mother, um, as a woman, I think back to the child being able to rest and, and relax on the mother, which is what they tend to do when they come out of the mm -hmm. womb. Mm -hmm. They want to continue to rest upon that woman, you know, the breasts and all that. That's a very mm -hmm. soft area, very pillow-like <laughs> um, for a reason. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so as a man, the body is not normally soft. So there's a reason for that as well. So, I, I, you know, that kind of thing, no, I wouldn't say for a man to be soft in those ways, which kind of carries over into their character a little bit, um, because there, you need to have a balance. And so, yeah, I, I don't think a man should uh, per se get in touch with their feminine side, but I think they should be in touch with their emotions. 
So, uh, so sometimes that's confused. That's, that's the only reason why I brought that up because I think it's it's confused sometimes. If a man has any emotions, um, then he's there, you know, therefore not not masculine. So, which is not true. Okay, and um, yeah, I, I, and I agree with you. I understand what you're saying there, and maybe I should have been a little more clear. I, I definitely don't think you should be devoid of e- emotions, but um, that's when I kind of mentioned like getting caught in your feelings. I think you know some dudes, and again, we will bring this up a little later. Get caught in their feelings way, way too much. Um, and I mean, I know a guy who actually gives people the solid treatment, and that is like the funniest thing ever. I'm like, dude, what are you twelve? You know, but um. Some people just get a little too caught up in their feelings. Uh, let's see. Uh, Buck, can a man have a feminine side and still be considered masculine? And if so, do you have any examples? There are no examples as far as that goes, I don't think. I mean, guys can have a feminine side, I think, to a point. But uh, I... I think once you start going to that feminine side, you're changing over, in my opinion. So um, I think guys got to be masculine. They got to, you know, they have to kind of stay, you know, they got to have their strength about themselves. Uh, it's all right to be emotional uh, to a point, um, but as far as having a feminine side, you just can't see that. And you be able to stay functional as a, you know, and have your, you know, have your, masculinity about yourself because I don't see anything masculine with guys wearing capris or, you know, coming up here wearing blouses and shit like that. I, I think you're crossing over into somewhere else. I mean, I, I, you know, everybody got their own way of doing things and they can make their own choices if they got, those, you know, that kind of money, money to do that. But I don't care how much money you got. To me, you're crossing over. Into yeah. some, you know, you these are things that maybe something you've been, you know, maybe it's something that's deep. You I mean, just like this Bruce Jenner thing, you know, him being K- Caitlyn or Kayla or whatever the fuck he is he now. He definitely got in touch with his feminine side. Yeah, I mean, and you know, he didn't get his. I don't know if he got his jump cut off or not. I don't think he did. He said he didn't. You know, he doesn't have those tendencies. However, you know, you're dressing like a damn woman. Come on, man. And he is a woman. Come on. Man. Whatever. But you know, come on, man. I mean, I mean, it, you know, I don't care whether it was a, you know, whether you know, whatever. I don't even want to get off into that. But anyway, um, it's not what this is about. So my thing is just the fact that you know, if you're gonna be a man, be a man, and you know, don't do you know feminine type things because you do feminine type things, you, you know, you're taking yourself into a different direction that maybe you know people gonna start saying stuff about. So. Okay, so <laughs> let me go to the 865 area code, the Volunteer State of Tennessee, and bring on Daddy Rich. What's happening, bro? What's going on? Not too much, man. Glad to have you on. Can a man have a feminine side and still be considered masculine? Well, that should have been a hell no. Hell no, because if you're going to be, you're going to be. If you, you know what I mean? It's not... It ain't no both way, ain't nothing, no, hell no. I don't know no people like that neither. I don't, because <laughs> I don't hang around them types. I don't, you know, 
So I, I couldn't give you any examples. But I just don't <laughs> feel like if you go if you feel like that's what you're gonna do, you need to go on and go on and do what you like he said, Bruce Jenner, go on and do it. Just do do the do the thing. So don't you know I don't think no in between you being feminine man, hell no. No. <laughs> I see where you fall on it. Kimmy Bernard chimed in. Um, where is Kimmy located? Kimmy is located in Memphis, Tennessee. And she chimed in and she said, and now I can't find her quote. Come on, Facebook. All right. She says, some men are nurturing and, yes, can still be masculine. Crystal, you agree with that? That some men can be nurturing and uh, still retain their masculinity? Yes. Oh, yeah. Said, I said that before because they can be fathers, and fathers uh, do are nurturing. So I don't think that's a feminine quality. It's a we're more nurturing, in, you know, in a more obvious way. But no, men can still be nurturing. Okay. All right. And all right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with the second half of our topic here on the Talk to Q Radio Show in about 69 seconds. The novels of Crystal Hickerson, The Magician, the metaphysical action drama about the fight between good and evil which holds the fate of man in the balance. Street Corners. A tragic romantic crime saga of a man who has the hearts of two very different women in his hands. The choice he makes will hurt them both. Wanted. A ghostly story about a woman caught between the planes of life and death. It is left up to the reader to decide which reality was real. The Volunteer. The struggle of a man with his career and his life teetering on thin ice. Can love truly conquer all? And if you think this is the end for Crystal, you would be wrong. For as you listen to this, a new dynamic tale is on the way. Go to crystalhickerson.com to purchase all of her novels. Follow her on social media and listen to her on the radio at thecrystalshow.com. Enter the amazing world at crystalhickerson.com. Hi, this is Aaron Anderson of the Marriage and Family Clinic at RelationshipRx.net, and you're listening to the Talk to You radio show, No Experts, Just Opinions. And we're back on the Talk to You radio show, discussing what makes one masculine and what makes one feminine. In the eyes of our show legends, tweet chatters, Facebookers. You can join the conversation by searching and using hashtag T2Q. Make your opinions known. I'm over here rocking out on that Tupac right there. All right. Um, so let's move on to this. Crystal, can a woman think like a man and still be considered feminine? Can a woman think like a man? Um, I think a lot of women in uh, today's society have had to take on a lot of male roles mm-hmm. simply because of the fact that there's no male there for whatever reason. Um, so in order to survive in the society, 
they've had to um, take on a lot of um, masculine qualities. Um, but does that mean that they're not feminine? No, it doesn't mean they're not feminine. Uh, I can speak personally. I've had to take on a lot of male qualities over the years, um, not by choice, but by um, necessity. And mm-hmm. But I'm extremely feminine, and I think it's one of the reasons why I have such a, um attraction to extremely, to the fault, males who are very masculine because being around them allows me to be who I truly am on the inside, which is very feminine. Um, and I don't have to be this masculine person, you know, that I have to be every day a lot of times. So, um, so yeah, you can still be feminine. Um, you can still, you know, in, in incorporate. I think sometimes women forget that they can still be feminine and it's okay to be that way. Um, so sometimes it gets confusing, which is a lot of, because of modern society, a lot of the roles are confused and twisted and all this kind of stuff. So, but yeah, I think it can be absolutely. Okay, Kimmy says that uh, she would say yes on Facebook because women want equal rights and same opportunities. But this being said, it depends on the role they are in. Um, so she looks like she's referring to some of the things you're referring to, Crystal. Buck, what do you think? Can a woman think like a man and still be considered feminine? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I do. Because, um, I mean, a lot, like Chris said, a lot of times, you know, a male's not even there for whatever the reasons may be. And sometimes they're forced into, you know, having to have some more, you know, use some of the, you know, some of those traits, so to speak, to try to, you know, get things done on a day-to-day basis. But I think they still can be feminine. Daddy Rich? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of women, a lot of nowadays, you know, raising their the kids, man, they have to learn to be that way. You know, it's kind of they're forced into that role nowadays. It seems in a high percentage of you know homes. Um, you know, <clears throat> speaking for a lot of my family members, my cousins, they, you know, it seems that they're. Mother seems to play that role to the football games, practice, all that stuff, which are the things that I do with my son, you know, and I see some women that do that. And, you know, that's just like that's something I, my dad did for me, you know, so I always thought, I always saw men taking the little boys to football, to their practices or whatever, unless the man had something else to do, you know, the father had something else to do. Most My father did all that for me, you know. But, you know, yeah, it, I think women – Nowadays, really, nowadays, they're really stepping into that role of both, playing both sides. Okay. Now, Dre says something very interesting on, uh, I'm sorry, not Dre, PJ Extra says something interesting on Twitter. He said, to me, feminine masculine, and masculine energies reside inside of everybody, and we both need, we need both to survive, in my opinion. Sometimes one shines over the other. Uh, do you all think that it's a little bit of both? Anybody disagree with that? I think it's a little bit of yeah, both. Yeah, absolutely. There is. Yeah. Okay. Anybody want to expand on that? I think he. I think he made a good point there. I mean, because there are you such as uh, with my son. 
my son looks for me to things like when he falls down or he's outside or trouble. Most times I always call for my mother on those things, but I guess my son and I, our bond is a little stronger. Uh, so that's the first thing he calls for, you know. So I could say, yeah, you know, because I have I have become his, I get up and do everything for him. So I guess, you know, I kind of play that kind of role, I guess, a nurturer, that part. Okay. And um, I, I think he makes a good point, and I, I think there, are some, there is some truth to it that, um, again, it goes back to what Crystal mentioned about balance. Um, you have to have some sort of balance, and there's not always another person who can offset you, so to speak, and sometimes you have to offset yourself in certain situations and know when to, um, I guess, dial down the testosterone a little bit or, you know, increase the testosterone depending on your gender or the situation. And so I think there is, there is a lot of truth to, to what was said there. All right, so, um, I mean, you know, women, Crystal, have been stereotyped as being emotional, all right, that women cry, they get caught in their feelings and things of that nature, and that doesn't apply to every woman. We, we, we know that. But in today's society, are men showing just as much emotion when it comes to their feelings being hurt? Yeah, I think that what's happened in today's society um, is that, as, as I was saying before, you know, some of the, the roles have been blurred. And whereas in um, the past, you know, probably a lot of it before we were born, um, where the male and female uh, roles, gender roles, are very defined um, and for many reasons, and it worked that way, and it was it was fine. But uh, and also also it was that way because it was not too much tolerated to be any other way, uh, uh-huh. not just for um, you know your day to day life, but also uh, the way society has placed it in religion, et cetera. But I think today, where you know the society is more open to um, <clears throat> the gender roles being you know, used and, and, and turned around or whatever. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, men are, are more able to express themselves more openly, whereas before um, they had very clear boundaries to uh, how to express themselves or or they were taught. Um, you know, it's you know, Daddy Rich was saying about his father being there for him. Uh, so you have the male figure who passed on the behavior of a man, what it looked like and what it should be or whatever. So, but nowadays that behavior is more open. So they're saying even if a father or a male figure is around, they may say, well, you know, it's okay for you to, to act this way. You don't have to be so defined in your, you know, the way you act. So you can, you know, feel free to cry openly or to express yourself openly if you wish to. You don't have to, you know, to wait for, um, you know, being behind closed doors or to express it only in one way, which is actually pretty healthy. However, um, it does it does, you know, kind of blur the gender roles a bit. So it kind yeah. of confuses people, and it confuses both sides. So, but, yeah, that's the way we are now. 
Remote open. Okay. And um, I, I do think that um, it's definitely guys are definitely more open today. But you know, also, and but maybe you can speak on this. Guys pick and choose when it's okay to be emotional. When we see a man lose his girlfriend, he starts crying. We will talk about him like a dog, right? But if we see a guy drop a pass in the Super Bowl and lose the game and he cries on the field, we talk about how passionate he is and how badly he wanted to win. I mean, you think there's some hypocrisy in all of that? There may be to a certain extent, but uh, I don't know about you, but if I see a guy drop a pass in the Super Bowl and he started crying, I feel the same way he would if he was crying about his damn girlfriend. Um, um, because I don't think you should cry on the football field. That's just me. But, <laughs> but uh, I understand the passion and things of of, of of sport. But at the same, I mean, the roles have changed in today's society, and I think a lot of the reason why men are not as masculine as they used to be because they, you know, we don't have. There's not a lot of men that are actually there to actually show us what it is to be a man. Um, and the reason I say that is because a lot of them, are, you know, it's a lot of broken homes. Uh, the traditional values of a man are, are kind of kind of fallen. That's why now you see more emotional guys and guys freaking out and those types of things that don't seem to be as masculine as they once was because we don't have the, the figure there to show us and guide us in the right direction. Um and, you know, a lot of times when females are forced into it, not saying that they're doing a bad job because they're forced into doing it, but at the same time, there's just certain things that men should be taught that need to be taught by a man versus by a female. So um, if you're taught by a man, you're going to be more masculine. You're going to do the right things versus, you know, not you know, not saying that women are doing a bad job, but at the same time, saying you know, there's just certain things that need to be taught by a man to a man, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I get so, what you're saying. You know, back in the day, back when we were coming up, if you know, the man wasn't there, there was enough uncles, grandfathers, those type of things that had experience and had experienced life things where they, you know, that they were important and you didn't lose your masculinity as you were coming up. Now you have guys that are not around other guys, or and they not only that, if they are around other guys, they're damn near the same age as they are. So they really can't teach them the values or the core values of being a man because you learn it from a boy, <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. Because you yeah, today, in today's time, you have uncles, and you know, and uncles are seventeen, and the damn child is fifteen. So I mean, and I know that doesn't sound like a whole lot of age gap difference between there, but learning from a seventeen-year-old is a whole lot different than learning from somebody that's sixty-five years old and had been there and done that. So. I think that's where some of the masculinity is getting lost there, if that makes sense, because you're learning from somebody that also may be coming up in a broken home that doesn't have what they, you know, doesn't have all the necessary attributes to teach 
or you know teach another how to be a man because they they hadn't learned to be a man yet. Yeah, a lot of a lot of problems that we have. There's some guys out there who think they're men trying to teach other folks. But uh, PJ Extra said something that almost made me bust out laughing. He said, "Hurt feelings are one thing, but there are some real shamans out there with that extra Carl Thomas with it." <laughs> Carl Thomas, that's pretty good. And I think that um, guys should uh, should well, excuse me. I think that guys should not be ashamed. Of crying, but I do think that you people how you cry and when you cry makes a difference. Uh, for example, I my godson played a football game last night. Uh, even though they lost, but he got called for holding on a penalty on a play that cost his team a touchdown. It was a forty yard run, and he and when I say he held the guy, I mean he hugged him. He really held him. He got penalized. All right. And so after the game, he was upset. You know, he had been, you can tell by his face that he had been crying on the sidelines because he felt like he let the team down. However, um, you know, of course, I told him to, you know, wipe his face and everything and, you know, try to get his composure together. But I felt like, I actually kind of felt some pride in what was going on because he felt some responsibility and let the team down. He was concerned that he had let his guys down and all that stuff. And I, I felt some pride in that. You know, he actually cared. He was being accountable for his actions, and he was beside himself for it, you know. So I, I do think there are times, and it's not always sports-related, but I do think there are times when a man will, will cry and it's not that big of a deal. If a man loves a woman and she leaves him or something goes wrong for whatever reason and they can't be together and he cries, his friends will understand if they know the situation. Now, outsiders will say, man, look at that punk crying over that woman, and there's a million women on this planet. But, like, his friend, they're going to understand, and they're not going to criticize him or anything. They're going to comfort him and say, you know, hey, man, get back out there, you know, what meant to be, whatever the situation may be. So I do think that guys can show emotion, but where I have a problem is when you let, when you're petty. When a guy is petty, that just irks me. And, and Chris, I don't know if you feel that way about guys or not, but when a guy lets something small build up into something big, when he makes something out of nothing, he kind of gets caught in his feelings. He can't brush things off. Then I kind of have a problem with that type of dude. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a difference between um... – you know, revealing your emotions and being a bitch. <laughs> <And> <laughs> That's the best way to put it. <laughs> I mean, because you know, quite frankly, I mean, because see, t- when you're when you're like that, um, then that it, it goes beyond just you know showing your emotions, like you were stating when you cry at certain times. But I mean, uh, and that's for anybody, male or female, really. Quite frankly, I mean, it's like um, it's it's more of a immature uh thing and it is a behavior that is um you know childish in in the sense that you know you, as you were saying petty so it's not really about the fact that, that here's a, a man or woman or whatever who's who's able to express themselves you know with people that who care about them and and, and you know it's, whether it's like with their mate 
you know, they're crying because of a you know situation or whatever. I mean, as opposed to just crying because they are just, you know, being bratty. I mean, you know, not getting what they want, and so they're whining. That's different. So, yeah, I mean, I think those are two different things that awfully, oftentimes get, um, you know, lumped into one category of just being weak, which I don't think so. I think if you are a man, and I, I, I've witnessed men cry, and I think that a man who is crying because he is truly hurt and he is doing it in male or female, really, but doing it in a safe place around people who care about them and love them, um, and they are really honest about their emotions. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think, it, like I said, I think it's very healthy that people are able to express themselves. Um, but there's a difference between just being whiny about it and just doing it because you want more attention or something like that. So there's a difference, absolutely. Okay. And um, I, I I think that there is, you know, I think that there is definitely that. And just some modern guys just take it a little too far, in my opinion. They just take a little too far. But all right, so Daddy Rich, does clothing, like the style of clothing you wear, or maybe even the color, determine if you're masculine or feminine? Like, you know, you have some guys... R. Kelly was wearing a dress, or you have some women who wear men's suit. I mean, does that tell if you're masculine or not, or feminine, or does it not matter at this point? It's just fashion. Man, all that cross-dressing stuff, that's not good. But, you know, it's, man, you know, no, man, you know, I, I don't, the dresses, wearing dresses, men wearing dresses. I don't see that's that's not. I don't. That's not appropriate. But <laughs> but I understand like some things that go on, man. You know, there's some situations. I, hell no, man. I I just don't. I could for some reason, man. It just to me, I could not put on where as far as colors. Things like that, that's okay, man, because, you know, it doesn't represent to some people because you got these breast cancer and stuff like that, you know, so people are going to wear pink, you know, so you're going to have men that are going to be wearing that for yeah. that because they're, they're mothers, people in their family. But <clears throat> as far as wearing the dresses and stuff, that's not, that's just not right, you know. Uh, but, you know, colors, I don't see a colors being a problem, man. You know, to me it's not. Because you know I've, I've wore like pink before, you know, kind of pastel colors. Just you know, and I I'm definitely not funny or nothing, you know. So it's just basically I think it's it's, <laughs> it's been a while since I heard the term funny. <laughs> it's a, it's a or whatever red fox, red fox term right there. <laughs> yeah, well, a friend of mine, an old guy, man, I work with, he calls it uh huh. So we'll say that. That'll keep things right. And uh, basically, man, the dress wearing, the kilt and stuff, I don't like that either, man. I know that's their tradition and all that stuff. I just don't understand. You know, I, I, can't, I can't do that. And it's something that I don't understand, so basically, you know, I wouldn't do it. I just don't – even if I did understand it, I wouldn't do it because I don't like that. Just You know, that's my, that's my opinion, though. You know, for everybody out there on the radio world, that's my opinion. <laughs> don't get it twisted. 
Buck, what do you think about this clothing style or color determine masculinity or femininity? You know, men in dresses or women wearing men's suits? Uh, well, I don't see, and I don't know about the, as far as the women in a men's suit. Now, if they have their own little pantsuit, that's different. I hadn't seen a woman in a man's suit yet, thank goodness, unless they, you know, driving limousines or something, and that's different. But, um, as far as guys wearing dresses and things of that nature and and wearing some of these funky colors and capris and all that kind of stuff, like I said, I think you're crossing over at that point. So, um, so I just, I'm not a real, I'm not a fan of that at all. I think, you know, if you're going to be masculine, then you need to wear something that is masculine, that, you know, that's masculine colored. Um, it's all right to wear even a little bit of pink, depending on you know you know what it is. Um, but you know, females, you know they. I mean, we we see some of these things sometimes where you know they're wearing t-shirts and things of that nature. But um, you know, I don't see that as you know. In some cases, I don't see that where that's you know them crossing over either. I mean, they may be wearing their favorite sports team or. NASCAR driver or basketball player or whatever, you know, that's different. So, but I do think to a certain extent clothes do, you know, they kind of tell the tale. So, because, I mean, we all know we've seen somebody in something that could be skeptical and we're going like, mm mm-hmm, you know, they ain't ain't right or something like that. So, Mm mm-hmm, that's what it is. (laughs) That's what it is. Yep. All right. Crystal, how do you feel about it? Does the... Does the clothing, color, style, does that lend towards your femininity or masculinity? So, I mean, if a woman comes out wearing the flannel hunting gear or something like that, people are going to always assume she's a lesbian regardless of how she looks. And if a guy wears a dress, they're going to think that he's trying to play for the other team regardless of his physical attributes, right? Well, okay. You know, it takes a real man to wear pink. <laughs> number one. But I think that um, if you're literally wearing a dress, I think that's different from wearing um, a kilt, which, of course, is more of a um, kind of a warrior type of thing. There's many different kinds of kilts in different, like, Roman societies and things like that, you know. Uh, and, you know, because that's part of as being a warrior and a soldier. I mean, just their uniform back in those days. So I don't really consider it, you know, um, that you're feminine if you're wearing certain things or masculine as a woman. Because, okay, as an example, I love wearing T-shirts. I have, like, tons of T-shirts because I just love T-shirts. And then um, several years ago they really started coming out with feminine-shaped T-shirts. And I used to love that. I was like, okay, great. Now I can wear a T-shirt that is not looks like a tent on mm-hmm. me. So I, I started looking at the options. However, what I found was um, a lot of the feminine T-shirts or ladies' T-shirts are usually don't have the same design as the male T-shirts. So the male T-shirts are better still, you know. So I tend to buy the male T-shirts because they just they have better designs on them. They make them different from women, and they're just not as interesting. So anyway. So I don't know. So I just think that it doesn't really matter on that case. And then, of course, 
a few years back when Hillary, and I had, of course, had to pick on her, when she wore a pantsuit, pantsuits have been worn for a long time, but then when she wore pantsuits, it was like, oh, my God, now she's just trying to be, you know, have a penis and everything. So that became a whole thing about pantsuits and everything. So I don't know. I mean, (laughs) it's like the staple for what women have to go through. I have a lot of pantsuits because it's like my uniform of of where I work. I have to wear pantsuits or or dresses and dresses. I don't really care for the the skirts and suits. Lesbian. I'm just kidding. I know, you're like, you're totally a lesbian, you know, everything. <laughs> but, but, you know, it, but, you're, but there's a reason why they they call us that, because we are, you know, taking over certain roles in the business world because of that. So whatever. Anyway, as far as what a person dresses like, I think um, that doesn't really matter. I think what it has to do with is, and I've said this on many different levels, of who the person is inside, as inside the suit or inside the t-shirt and jeans, it really does play a, a different a role of what a person looks like. Because I've known plenty of um, guys who wear suits and they look like an idiot in a suit, and then you have another guy who wears a suit and he looks like a guy who wears a suit. So it, you know, as far as your clothes. Does the clothes make the man? Not really. <laughs> it's the man who makes the clothes, and the same thing for a woman. But, it, you know, they're the ones who make the clothes. So, no, I don't think that really has anything to do with it. Okay. All right. And, uh, I, I, man, it's just things are, are, are really just blending more and more each day to the point to where it's like, you know, when, when it comes to celebrities, when you're rich and you do something, it's fashion. When you just jump low down the street and you do something, they'll call you a weirdo or something like that. So the celebrities kind of set the pace. And when they do certain things, it kind of trickles down into society. And the lines are being blurred to where we're seeing more people, more guys wearing fingernail and toenail polish. We're seeing more guys pop up in dresses or Outfits that look like dresses, like recently I saw James Harden wearing a hoodie, and the hoodie came down to his knees. So when it's zipped all the way up, it looks like a dress. And so it's like slowly kind of blending um, the gender, so to speak. So, Daddy Rich, let me ask you this final question on the topic. Um, Would society be better or worse with a blend of the genders, like the way things are going, where there's like ambiguity, there's no masculinity, there's no femininity, just people. I mean, would they be better off or worse if that were to ultimately occur? Man, it's fun the way it is, because it's funny to watch it all. Uh <laughs> The blend, of, the blend of people is is great, man. The mixture, even though you have that that side that's weird, uh, you know, it's just it's just fun to watch the whole mixture of everybody's different type of uh, personalities and what they think is uh, the way the way things are supposed to be. Their dress, 
their style. Uh, it's fun to watch all that. Uh, I, I love it. You know, it's everybody expressing themselves. If we had a, if it was the way where you know, say like you know, you have these private schools or whatnot, and you know, it's kind of like like you're saying these stars are trending things, you know. But it's they're not trending me because you got that gum uh, Westbrook running around in those tight man. <laughs> Come on, dog. You know what I'm saying? And then you're talking about James Harden looking like an Ewok running around in a hoodie. <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> That's a good comparison. <laughs> Man, you know, because if he zips up, all you see is the eyes, you know, because the, the, yeah. the beard, <laughs> you look like Ewok, you know. But, and, and you know, it's, it's crazy the way these guys are dressing. You know, I mean, wow. And it does influence. It's influencing a lot, these hip-hop guys. Lil Wayne, they barely can put these, je- these jeans on, man. You can't tell me that. And it looks like women, what it looks like is they're buying women's jeans and wearing them because they're too small. They know this, man. And it's crazy, man. It, I mean, it's crazy. But I like the mixture, and I like for everybody to show, you know, what they they like. It's fun. If it was like a private school and you had to wear what you had to wear every day, that would be simple and crazy. So, you know, I like things where they are, man. It, it's it's all right. It's funny. Like I said, it's funny. Look at James Harden. Look look at Westbrook. Look at them. <laughs> they, they're, they're trending. They're saying they're trending. But, man, sh- man, come on. <laughs> you ought to do a statement called, come on, man. And and that kind of stuff should be in it right there. <laughs> Buck, what do you think, man? Do you think that uh... – the world would be better off if they just said skip it, you know. You just there are no there is no masculinity, there's no femininity, it's just people being people. Sorry with people being people. I think we at the same time I think we need to I think there needs to be, you know, masculinity and I think there needs to be femininity. Simply because I mean uh, blended we already got enough confusion as it is. We don't need any more confusion. To uh, make things, you know, make things worse to a certain extent. So, um, I think you need to have mass. You know, I think you need to have both. Um, I don't think we need to have so much blending, simply because, um, you know, we've got to have some sort. We got to have at least a backbone or a, a diagram, whatever you want to call it, uh, a nice uh, foundation between. Men and women, and and I think that you know a lot of times you know we, we you know next thing you know you you start seeing dolls on the Hot Wheel aisle and Hot Wheels on the on the doll aisle, you know we don't need that kind of blender, <laughs> you know so hmm. you know we need to try to keep you know we need to try to you know keep things you know sometimes if it ain't broke don't fix it to a certain extent when it comes to that you know I think we need separation you don't want you know, you don't you don't want your wife out there changing the oil in the car while you're in there changing diapers on the baby or washing dishes or something like that. You know, if you're I mean, out but what if she's what if she's good at it and what if you're good at changing diapers? Hey, it's all right. You know, I'm not you know because I'd be the first one to tell you. I think it's pretty. I think it's cool shit for a female to be out there helping you out there. You know, changing oil and stuff like that. But really, that's a man's job, and that's really what you should be out there doing. Anyway, you know, if you're a guy. Um, 
I think it's sexy because I think it's pretty cool to see a woman get dirty up on a on their vehicle. I've said that several times on the show. But at the same time, you know, I think a man needs to do his duty. You know, she shouldn't be forced to go out there and do that kind of stuff. She should be out there, you know, she want to help you do it. That's one thing. But the guy should be the one up under the car. But all I'm saying is, is that, you know, I don't think too many roles need to change and come to that because we've already lost enough traditional stuff as it is. And I think if guys be masculine and do the things that they're supposed to be doing, you know, that way women can be, you know, feminine and, you know, they can, you know, do the things that they're, you know, they're, they're doing. So I think there needs to still, you need that masculinity, femininity line there um, to, you know, keep them that way. You know the the balance is is good. You know between them. All right, Crystal, you agree, disagree? How you feel? Um, of whether or not they should be. Yeah, no, should they should they exist? Should they be a masculine and feminine? You know traits, or is it causing too much confusion in today's society? Well. In a perfect world, I think the masculine and feminine lines were made for a reason. However, the world has changed and grown. So I think that they, um, by necessity, has has changed. And so women um, have to be more masculine in order to make it a lot of times. And, and men, <laughs> I think they have basically have been given permission to let down their guards and be more feminine. And I think sometimes for them, it may be a release. They say, good. I don't, I never liked mowing the lawn anyway. (laughs) Or I never liked, you know, you know, wearing certain clothes or whatever. Now I can do what I want. You know, now, now I can be feminine or effeminate and still be still like women. <laughs> so it it takes some of the pressure off, I think. You know, for a lot of guys, and sometimes even for women who says, "Well, hell, I never liked romantic dinners anyway. So why do I have to do this? Or I hate cooking. So let him cook. Or you know, I mean, so some of that is, um, or I really like going to work." So let me allow my husband to stay at home because he really likes doing that. So, you know, I think in this society for the positive side of it, I think it could allow people to be more who they truly are on the inside because of how we have evolved into this type of um, society. Mm. All right, I mean... I don't think you can do away with masculinity or femininity. I think that um, it's good to have balance, you know. That's just something that the world needs. And got to have a yin and a yang or salt and pepper. But, uh, I mean, that's what gives... That's what gives life its meaning, I think. Like, like I think Daddy Rich alluded to, everyone wearing uniforms, if everyone's the same, then, you know, what do you have? Uh, however, should we back off on judging people who may skew the lines? 
I honestly think it depends. I think sometimes, you know, I know we're not supposed to judge, but I think sometimes you kind of have to say, wait a minute now, it's just taking things too far. Like, you know, I still have a problem, and I've said it on the show before, with ha- um, having people who identify as one sex going to, you know, that sexist bathroom. You know, if a woman identifies as a man, so she goes into the men's restroom, I'm not comfortable with all that, you know, and vice versa. I just think that's that's a little beyond my scope of understanding. Uh, so I think there are some things or sometimes where you should feel free to challenge certain things. Uh, you know, and again, it's just one of those things. Can someone convince me of a good reason for that to happen? I mean, I haven't heard any compelling arguments yet, but, I mean, you have to be open-minded enough to listen. But by the same token, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to uh, maintain certain traditions as long as it doesn't infringe on the rights of others. So if someone wants to wear a dress, that's there's some dude wants to wear a dress, that's his business. You know, if he says he's heterosexual, but he thinks that dresses are fashionable. Um, you have guys, there are plenty of guys who wear pink, and it has nothing to do with breast cancer awareness. You know, they just like pink. P. Diddy made it popular, and now guys like to wear pink. That's their business, if that's what they want to do. Now, I've said to my, I've said myself, I'm not doing it, but if someone else wants to do it, then so be it. I'm not going to think that you're um, of a different orientation simply because you may wear something pink, unless you're talking about nail polish, then maybe I may say, okay, or well, maybe that's something different. But, you know, and then I will wear pink for breast cancer awareness, but... The point I'm trying to make is people are going to be different and people are going to question what's different. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think people, just like you have the freedom to do what you want to do, I got the freedom to say what I want to say about it. And if you don't like it, take it up to the Constitution. All right. Um, on tomorrow's show, we're going to discuss um, something that just about everybody in, on this planet has been affected with. Um, in some shape, form, or fashion, be it a loved one or family member, family member, friend, themselves, co-worker, and that's cancer. We're going to take a look at the, the disease and what is or isn't being done about it. All right. So it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, you know, I lost my mom and my wife to cancer, so I definitely cannot stand the disease because it's taken from me. And it's something we're going to discuss tomorrow. We haven't really broached a medical topic. I have two interesting topics uh, on tomorrow dealing with uh, diseases. So we'll talk about that on tomorrow. And then um, probably next week we'll get into some politics. we got to get caught up on this um, presidential race. And by next week I'm pretty sure we'll know if Joe Biden is going to run or not. I think he's probably going to run. Um He'll be in trouble if he does, because I think he's really going to get a lot of supporters. But, not to say she'd lose, but it'll take away from her for sure. So that's what you can expect um, over the next couple of weeks on the Talk to Q Radio show. 10 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, the live show. No experts, just opinions. Brought to you by TruthDevour.com, NickFitzStory.com. Uh, Crisis Intervention One-on-One, which can be found on Amazon. Get that book. And CrystalHickerson.com. I'll go ahead and go with final thoughts. And before we get into zone coverage, Crystal, I do want you to chime in on the 
first question uh, for zone coverage, if you don't mind. But uh, let's go ahead and go with final thoughts on the whole masculine femininity thing. And, Buck, I'll start with you. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Great show. Um, Love the topics that we went across tonight. And I think we shed a lot of insight on, you know, on the top, on, you know, on masculinity and femininity femininity and what we think about it. Um, You know, I think, you know, really and truthfully, I think, you know, us as guys go, you know, we need to, you know, I think, you know, we need to kind of go to a back-to-basics approach to a certain extent. So, you know, that way, you know, when we bring up our sons and things of that nature, we need to teach them, you know, what is masculinity um, and making sure that, you know, they stay masculine um, and not pay attention to some of these clowns that got too much money and don't know what to do with it and they going out here cutting their pants out and having dresses made or whatever. So um, I think we need to kind of, you know, take a back-to-basic approach when it comes from the guy's standpoint. As far as femininity goes, um, you know, Kind of, you know, women know what they need to do as far as to be feminine goes. Um, we all have, a, you know, we all have our own little thoughts about that. But I think, you know, as long as their personality is right, you know, as long as they're nurturing and things of that nature, I mean, that all falls under that category. Um, but great show as always. And looking forward to a little bit of zone coverage. Everybody have a great evening. Thank you, sir. Chris? Okay, sorry. Um, uh, good show. I wanted to say regarding um, femininity, um, there's one thing that uh, Lady T said regarding grace. Um, I think that's something that has been lost um, in, in with, with femininity with women period these days. And I don't think a lot of girls nowadays um, in our youth are millenniums, millenniums, whatever, are really understand what grace is anymore. Um, But it's, it's, you know, it's that kind of a Lena Horn, you know, back in the day, kind of that Lena Horn kind of grace or the Audrey Hepburn kind of grace, the, the, the pure, uh, femininity where um, the details w- were important. Um, it wasn't just about wearing something so glossy and huge and big where everybody sees it from a mile away. It's it's more it's you know that that subtle quality um, about a woman that um, is like the the you know the pureness of, of being feminine and and the only way to truly be able um, for a lot of women these days, I think, really. Um, that's the reason why it's lost is because they're not able to be feminine and, and to embody it. And with grace, it's a certain um, style and, and class about yourself that, um, you know, you are able to be calm and to focus on on um, on being soft and, and, and simple but um but it's very direct and very um um as i was saying very 
you know, very focused on being a, a woman who has um, style about herself. It has nothing to do with, with fashion, and which is, um, you know, fashion is just a, a cover of, you know, you know, you're trying to cover what you really have inside, so you put on some really nice clothes and you go out, whatever. They, you know, like the difference between quality and quantity, I guess. Um, and, you know, it has... And, and grace has absolutely nothing to do with with this kind of glitzy way that we present ourselves these days, you know. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up regarding grace and for a lot of women. And also it has to do with um, the old style of Emily Post. And if you are a female these days and you don't know who Emily Post is and what she represented, I, I, I encourage you to Google her. Which is awful to say, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. coming from, you know, for 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 a person like Emily Post and what she represented as far as, you know, grace and style and those, these are natural things that um, we don't even think about anymore. So, um, for those you know young ladies who are hearing my voice, I would say, please Google Emily Post and look up what it is. And she is still, or her, not her herself, but her um, style is still out there. For in a very small of, of collection of people who still believe in etiquette, and that's what she was about, and it's very real. And there's those simple niceties and things that we don't even think about anymore. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that up, and I'm glad Lady T brought that up. Um, and I also I want I was, to do a shameful. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to do a shameful plug <laughs> for uh, Eminem, who is our. Um, He's on the Crystal Show, and he has a segment called um, From a Pimp's, Pimp's Perspective. And he just did a segment regarding uh, Lamar Odom and, of course, the um, legal prosecution. <laughs> and so he, he, has a new, he has a new segment out, and I want everybody to go and check it out. Just go to blogtalkradio.com. If you're already there, just when you get through with the show, just click over. On Crystal Show One, which is on Blog Talk Radio, and then check out his new segment. So okay. that's my plug. <laughs> cool. And I listened to it this afternoon, and it was good as usual. It's great to hear because it's been a while. Um, it's also posted in the T2Q group on Facebook. And um, yeah, Eminem just always has an interesting way of, of putting things. And I thought that um, he was able to discuss. The whole Lamar Odom situation, tactfully, you know, because it is, you know, a situation where you hope the guy comes out on all right. And uh, right. he hit all the points that need to be hit from a pimp's perspective. So, yeah, definitely check that out. All right. Thank you. And DR, first of all, man, are you in the um, T2Q group? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, if you want in, let me know. But um, yeah. we have all kinds of discussions going on in there. Been kind of dry as of late because I I went out of town this weekend. Uh, but uh, yeah, let me know if you want in. But go ahead and give your final thoughts. Yeah, man, good show, good show, man. I I want y'all to remember this. You have seen this commercial by Progressive, the new the insurance company. <laughs> You see the new one? Where's your wife? Yeah, Where's your yeah. husband at? <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like 
you see how they did it, how times changed? That's kind of how things are going on now. They're showing it, and that was great. I, I like that. That was really good uh, because that's kind of – when I saw that, I was like, gosh, that's like my grandmother. You know, that's going back to my grandmother's time right there and then coming to the time of now. And, you know, a lot of points hit where men are doing things that women used to do, like watching the kids, like, you know, like me. I get up every morning to take care of the kids to get them off to school. You know, my my dad never did that. That's something he never did. My mom always did that. If he did do it, he'd come cut the light on and say, hey, man, get up. <laughs> you know, that's about right. it. You know, but. You know, it's, it's times have changed, you know, and it, it, that was a really good way to put it the way they did, you know. <laughs> where's, your, where's your husband at? That was, uh, oh, man. So, you know, that that kind of ties in everything we were talking about tonight, you know. And as far as, but as far as this cross-dressing stuff, this, you know, all that, man, this stuff is wild. And I don't think it's okay for a man to wear a dress now, the kilt stuff, like she said, you know, like I said, she said that was Crystal mentioned it being for a warrior, and that's traditional stuff, and that's that's for them, you know. Personally, I wouldn't do it. I don't think, you know what I'm saying, and I wouldn't do that. And if I was going to fight, you get your junk cut, man. It's easy. <laughs> wow. Man, wow. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like it's. I don't see, I don't like the, the dressing thing. You know, I think I'm old school, I guess you could call it, man. A man is a man. He should go fix the car. He should mow the lawn, take the garbage out. You know what I'm saying? I help cook, you know, because times have changed. and She's got to work also. So, you know, if she's not here, I have to do things. So it is what it is. You know, I help clean too. But, you know, <clears throat> I just feel like that, you know, we have our chores that we have to do. And I don't feel like we should wear dresses or makeup and things like that. That is not right for a man. If that was meant for us, then that we would be a woman. And that's just the way I feel about that. I'm not, I don't down nobody that, you know, I'm not saying that I don't like those people because I have friends that do those things. You know, I know people like that, you know, so I, I'm not saying that, you know, so they don't come down on me hard, man. Don't, don't do that, please. It's just that that's personally my opinion. I don't feel like that that's something that I would do. I'm more of a manly guy. You know, it is with the jeans and the shirt, you know, let's, and that, you know, or suit or something like that, you know, but no, I mean, I'm not even for publicity. I don't care. You know, I'm not tr- trending shit, you know. <laughs> Trend this, I'm old school, fucker, you know. <laughs> but uh, great show, man. Great show. I'm ready for that zone coverage, man. All right, man. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, they have um, this charity event here in Jackson, Mississippi every year called Walk a Mile in Her Shoes. And that's when guy put, guys put on high heels and they walk a mile in high heels to show um, domestic violence awareness. And so, you know, there are a lot of guys who participate in that. And, I mean, you know, I have friends who do it. It's not my thing. Uh, one, I don't want to break my ankle, but wearing some heels. But two, just not my thing, even for charity. I just choose to find another way of doing it. And so, you know, to each their own and everything, you know what I mean? And people can say what they want. They can say, use phobias and say all this other stuff they want to say. But I just, I just do things that I feel comfortable doing. And I'm not going to apologize for that. 
want to talk about my my weekend really quick. I went to well, I, I had a pretty interesting weekend. First thing I did, I drove down to Baton Rouge because uh, I have a friend who had season tickets to LSU and uh, football games, and so I went down there because LSU is playing Florida. It's a big game for them, and I tailgated with him and his crew, and had a great time tailgating. Everyone was really nice. They were welcoming. Uh, made some new friends. He followed some new people on Twitter and had some great jambalaya that they can only do like they do down in Louisiana. And so um, I did that. And so shouts out to Corey for um, allowing me to partake in the tailgating festivities with him and Mark and Zach. So it was cool meeting those guys. Um, left there and went to Southern Baton Rouge because we found out they had a homecoming that same weekend. So I went to Southern Baton Rouge University, completely different experience. Let me tell you, I get so mad that I feel the need to hate my own people sometimes, but, you know, Southern Baton Rouge, for those who don't know, is a historically black university. And LSU had over 100,000 people going to the game and another 20,000 people who were just tailgating. All right. Traffic flowed flawlessly. I never had to come to a complete stop except for stoplights. Get to Southern Baton Rouge where they probably have 30,000 people on campus. It took us an hour to get off campus because there was just no direction, people not knowing what they're doing, and it was just so frustrating. We never even got out the car at Southern Baton Rouge. So, uh, yeah, I always hated that school anyway. All right, so left there, went down to New Orleans, friend of mine had a birthday and got a party bus. So we did the party bus thing, rode around New Orleans, dropped, got dropped off at Bourbon Street for a little bit. Music, drinks, had a really good time. Um, I don't know, do any of your cities offer party buses where you all are located? I'm pretty sure they do, like Detroit, maybe Pensacola, I would think. Yes, no, maybe. Don't know. Am I oh, talking yeah. myself in about here? Oh, okay. I don't know if any if you, any of you have ever ridden one, but it was my first time on one. It's not something I knew that I wanted to do. I mean, I, I was in New Orleans in May, and I saw a, um, you know, party bus, and it looked like it was fun, but I didn't really want to do it until someone invited me to do it. But I um, had a good time. So I don't have to do it again, but I had a good time. It was kind of cool. Had a stripper poles on there and everything. Good music. Oh, a lot of fun. Um also, I don't know if you remember, it might have been the week before last. Yeah, it was the week before last. Eminem made a comment about Bree Jensen on the air, the fitness model who's been on my show a couple of times uh, back in like 2000, 2012, 2013 maybe. And so I mentioned that on Twitter that someone referenced Bree Jensen. She saw the tweet. I haven't really talked to her in a long time. And her and I started making small talk. Found out we were both going to be in New Orleans at the same time. Uh, so we exchanged numbers, and I got to meet her on Sunday, her and her mom. Her mom's a lovely woman. They look like sisters. And it was cool to meet her in person. Um, she's as attractive as she is in the pictures, so don't think that's Photoshop. And she's just a very sweet individual. All right, I enjoyed talking to her and her mom. I wish I would have had more time because we were going to go get lunch 
but I really had to get back in town to get the rental vehicle back before it closed, the place closed. So, um, but it was cool. This is someone who's from Vancouver, Canada, so the opposite side of the country, and we just happened to be in the same city for the same weekend. And um, she's in Chicago now, so they're kind of like making their little tour, but it was cool meeting her, and I enjoyed it. Um, all right, so I guess that's all I have on that. Another T2Q guest met. Speaking of that, I, I'm going to um, talk to you guys probably over the next few weeks about the first T2Q gathering that I would like to have. Um, I know we talked about it on the show before. I'm thinking like Nashville, Tennessee might be a good central location for everyone to kind of meet. And um, all the show legends and faithful callers and whoever wants to go, really, Twitter followers, I don't care. Whoever wants to go, we're trying to get something set up to where we all meet in Nashville one weekend. And I'm guessing maybe summertime will work best for everyone. I don't know. But we'll try to figure that out. I'll take the temperature of the room on that. And um, over the next few weeks, we'll try to get something at least tentative um, to where we can try to all get together and meet because I, I've never met Crystal. Um, I've never met Daddy Rich. And, you know, there's some other people on the show that I've never met who call in regularly. And we're going to try to see if we can get us all together for a weekend and have a good time. So stay tuned for that. All right. My thanks to TruthDevour.com, NickFestari.com, Crisis Intervention 101 that you can get on Amazon. Just search for Crisis Intervention 101 and CrystalHickerson.com, all for being sponsors of tonight's Dr. Q Radio Show. The Dr. Q Radio Show can be heard live every Tuesday and Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. If you want a daily dose of T2Q, then ask to join my exclusive T2Q group on Facebook. Just search for T2Q and ask for an invite. Visit the website at TalkToQ.com for information on upcoming shows, bios on my show legends, and archives from previous shows, dating all the way back, all the way back to episode one. Uh, now we're about to debut some music here on T2Q from an artist named Steve Ryan. He's from New York, and he's released four albums thus far. Um, the name of this song is called Real Time, so sit back and relax and check out Steve Ryan's Real Time. And afterwards, we'll get into some zone coverage. And like I said, Crystal, I want you to stay on for the first question, all right? So kick back. I'm going to grab some water. Enjoy Mr. Steve Ryan and his band. I'm 
out at steveryan.com. You can find him on Facebook under Steve Ryan Band. That's his song, Real Time. And I appreciate him allowing me to play that here on the Talk to Q Radio Show. You're going to hear a lot more music over the next couple of weeks, so get prepared. Music of all genres, so people, all my listeners, will have something that they'll find that they can like. All right, 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q Radio Show. Shouts out to Outer Space Board in the chat room. Um, I want to talk about this scandal that's going on at the University of Louisville. For those of you who are unaware, there's a young lady who's come forward by the name of Katrina Powell, I believe. And she discussed how from 2010 to 2014, she helped um, essentially run a prostitution ring with high school players looking to be recruited by the University of Louisville. Now, the guy who kind of set this up from Louisville's side, allegedly, um, his name is Andre McGee. He used to be a player, and now he's like a um, coach, assistant coach or something with the team. Um, and so what she claims to have happened is that Andre would reach out to her. She would show up with like, you know, seven or eight girls, and they would have high school age kids there, you know, like recruits from high schools or junior colleges coming in to take a tour of the campus. And he would essentially, you know, they would party together. There would be booze. There would be strippers and lap dances. And if they wanted to make some extra money, then the women would sleep with uh, the students. And two of the women were daughters of Katrina Powell, the lady who was kind of putting all this together. Um, So she had her daughters in the mix. One, I think, was 18 at the time. The other might have been 20. Uh, The head coach of Louisville, Rick Pitino, says he was unaware of any of this, if it is true. But he says if it is true, then heads will roll. So, Crystal, I want to start with you because, like, this type of thing may have shocked a lot of people, but it goes on across the country. All right. Um, You have high school recruits who show up for these tours and they always fix you up with a good-looking woman to be your hostess. And sometimes it doesn't lead to anything. Sometimes these women just flirt with the guys to try to get them to sign with their school. And other times it can go as far as sex, even sex with some of the parents uh, who come along on these trips. There have been some dads who have come along and gotten their groove on, too, to try to influence them to get their son to go to these schools. So, I mean, Crystal, how do you feel about this? Is this just par for the course in the society that we live in, that everyone wants to win? Is there something that can be done to stop this type of culture? I mean, what's your overall opinion of the story? Um, well, for one, I'm not surprised. Um, I figured that was just what they did. <laughs> um, huh. I never knew of the, you know, the specifics of it. I, I'm very sure that a lot of the girls, they were trying to pawn off as being students themselves, just, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of girls you meet if you come here, um, or the kind of fans or whatever. Uh, they're just prostitutes, okay? I mean, you know, you're not going to get a respectable or just a regular college student who is going to be, so happen to be all partying with their girlfriends and sleeping with you, you know, and all that. So, yeah, they're, they're being paid to do it. So, um, 
Do I think it should be stopped? I mean, I don't think it's going to be stopped. I don't think it's going to it's going to end. Um, and as far as his coach saying that he doesn't know anything about it, it's, I think that's total bullshit. Um, I think he's saying that because, of course, he doesn't want to lose his job because, you know, it's illegal. So, you know, but I think they do, whether it's with women or whether it's, you know, with whatever else, you know, you're paying them to, um, you know, get incentive or paying the fathers or whoever, you know, parent or whoever, helping them out, you know, a little bit with their bills or whatever. I mean, I mean, it's all about, you know, how are we going to get these guys to pick us? Because the coaches, um, that's their job. That's their lifeline is getting these kids, getting their winning team. And they'll do whatever the hell it takes in order to make it happen to get the right um, high school students, college students, or whatever they're, you know, to get them there. So whatever it takes for a guy, the best way to do it is sex. I mean, especially a young kid, you know, I mean. So, yeah, no, I think that's uh, pretty par for the core, you know, and it's just the way it is. And, you know, there it is. Okay. And, Buck, what do you think about it, man? I mean, do you think this is worse than buying a kid a brand-new car um, to get him to go to your school when you talk about involving um, underage drinking, sex, and, you know, in probably some cases, maybe maybe drugs. I would like to think that a lot of coaches and athletes would stay away from drugs, but you never know. Well, I mean, I think it's something that, I mean, you really have to pay attention to as a whole because, I mean, we're seeing a whole lot of this. I mean, we're looking if, uh, I don't know, any of y'all familiar with it, but we're looking at the you know, Louisville scandal now. Um, that's there's a lady that's, that's coming out right now. was on the news today that, you know, she was uh, hired, so to speak, for the new recruits coming in um, to, you know, kind of show them the ropes, so to speak, saw the Royal Oats or whatever. Um, and she wrote a book about it. And, you know, now, you know, one of the all-time, you know, College coaches is now under fire um, again. You know, so not his first again. Year. So, you know, with all this being said, I mean, I mean, this is something that you really need to pay attention to because we we know it goes on, um, and it's just something that we got to look at and make sure that you know our kids are protected when it comes to these kind of things because you know it's going on on a daily basis. It's not like this stuff is all new. That's true. That's true. And out of space, boy, in the chat room said people will sell their souls to win. And uh, that's very true. And, and DR, that's what it's all about. They just want the kids to come to the school. They don't care about any type of morality. A lot of these schools, I can't say everybody, but a lot of these schools don't. They just want to get the best kids there because winning in college sports can be a, you know, multi-million dollar industry. Right. Right. It's all about the money. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> something. somebody must have promised her something and then reneged on it for her to do what she's done. I agree. And uh, I think that it's Patino. I think the same thing happened with the, the lady that, that he pulled the first scandal with. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think he was supposed to pay her some money or something and just reneged on it. I think he's done the same thing. You know, 
he's got a track record, a trail. This, this you know, it's it's not like, well, well, I didn't have nothing to do with it. Okay, first thing he does, we'll blame it on this guy. You know, right? Well, he he's got to answer for. It. Well, wait a minute now. Just like they always say, now who's running this thing? Hmm? Mm-hmm. So he's not the one who has answers. You number one. This is what this is what clues me in on that he was all involved. Probably was there when a lot of this went down. Sometimes it's because the place where it happened, his brother-in-law, is named after his brother-in-law. There is no yeah. way, if it was me, that there's going to be heathenish stuff going on in my dead brother-in-law's uh, dormitories. I'm not. I'm gonna regulate that. I'm gonna have the best people possible there to make sure that these kids are doing the right thing. Period. It's not going to be no heathens. It may be somewhere else, but not there. And so for 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 me to see that, that means he somehow I didn't know what was going on. That's a lie, because that's your brother-in-law's dormitory. It's named that you know the athletes over there, so I know you know what's going down, man. Come on, come on. So it's somebody he didn't pay her something. It's some money involved that didn't get exchanged. So she told him she's running. She, she eventually, it's too late now though. She did it wrong. She shouldn't have came out and showed everything and to make people tell things. She knew these was kids. She should have played her cards and just play and, and kept taunting them. But maybe they'd have killed her. You never know. Who knows? This is big business. We're talking million. You know, it's, it's a bad situation, and it looks like the. He's going to end up getting fired, man, and that that sad is going to end up like uh, like Paterno. It's going to end up the same yeah. way. His legacy is going to be messed up over over some over some some bull crap that he could have stopped, and you know, then just and actually in actuality, if he would have just admitted, it, okay, well, yeah, I knew and I tried to stop it, but they did, they kept doing it anyway. Something even lie about that, but just say he knew, you know. Be a man. He he did it the first time. Well, yeah, I did. I cheated. Whatever. You know. Yeah. It is what it is. What are you gonna do about it? <laughs> right, right. So you know that's what's making it worse is that he's trying to play the dummy, and everybody knows that all all signs point to one man. Period. Okay. And um, I don't know what's going to happen for those who may not be familiar with the previous scandal that Coach Rich, Rick Pitino was in. Um, it Didn't he, like, they said he forced some woman to get an abortion or paid her to get an abortion, and isn't that how it went down? Some woman he did in the back of a restaurant or something, like over a kitchen counter, and she got pregnant, and I think it was abortion in there. It, it was it was, it was was ugly. This is a married man, you know. It was very bad decision made there. And, um, I guess either he told her he was going to pay her off and didn't, and then later claimed she tried to extort him when she wanted money, and it was just a big deal. So now this could be another, like Dr. said, another extortion situation where he didn't pay up, and now this woman has written a book, and, um, you know, she says that she can't make this stuff up. She has all kinds of records. She has pictures of her daughters with some of the players, and and I think and Crystal, let me go to you. I mean, the fact that she had her daughters. Uh, now this lady is kind of young herself. I think she was thirty eight, and one of her daughters was twenty four, uh, if I heard it correctly. I don't know if they said forty eight. I thought they said thirty eight. 
But um, this, she had two of her daughters out there essentially turning tricks um, for these players and everything. I mean, so what's your impression of her? Now, she wants to avoid prosecution by cutting um, an immunity deal that says she'll give all the information if she doesn't go do any jail time or whatever. But how do you feel about her in this whole thing? Let's let's get away from the school from the sec for a second. Well, as a mother, I, I mean, I would definitely not want my child to be a prostitute, and I definitely wouldn't want them to. Uh, I wouldn't be a, you know, the main part of bringing them into that kind of a life. There's just no way. I mean, I mean, I guess with any parent, you don't want your child to do what you did or do worse than you have. So, you will want to protect them from that. I can see her trying to make a buck and then, you know, passing on, you know, her profits to her daughter so they can live a better life or something. But for them, for her to do that and bring them into it is just the most, to me, it's horrible. I mean, I mean, I don't know many women, uh, criminal or not, who would do that, you know, because that's the whole purpose of you, you know, putting your life on the line or your freedom on the line or whatever in order to, you know, make their life better. So that's that's you know, totally despicable, and I've done some despicable shit, but I'll never do it where my kids are involved. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, on Sports Center on ESPN, the daughters were interviewed as well, and they didn't—I mean, they never really even mentioned the fact that they were, you know, felt funny or any type of way. It was just something they did. They looked at it as—I mean, it's almost like it came off, and I'm just speculating. It almost like it came off as if, well, you know, we probably would have screwed the guys for free anyway, so I got a hundred or a hundred and fifty dollars for it. You know, they I did. Mean, that's, that's that's kinda how they, it came they, off they, to me. Yeah, they did probably do it for free. They didn't get no damn money. And their mama to, to sit them up in there to do something like that. She man, if I was the judge or whatever when this stuff goes to court, I would say you I I was matter of fact, if I was the DA, I would say, Look here, man. I have no immunity for your scandalous self. You are just the, you're dirt, and 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 you get no immunity for telling on everybody. You gonna go to jail just like them because you had your kids influencing your kids to do some things with some kids. Are you crazy? And you think I'm gonna let you go for free just because you told on everybody else? Really? Now, see, you should have kept your mouth shut because right now you're in a lot of trouble because you just told everything. You know what I'm saying? Everything. All they got to do is look back. If one of the kids that she has was underage, then she's done. I'm pretty sure one of them had to be. I'm pretty sure if they went back through and checked that one of those kids were probably just shy of their 18th birthday, you know. She, so. Then she, she is done. And I would tell her as the DA, I would say, you are going to jail. Everybody involved. And I'm not giving you no immunity because you made a kid have sex with another kid. That is not right. That is not appropriate in any form or manner. That's just like a predator doing some shit. That's exactly what that is. And you're her mother. It's like that you see on Facebook that woman tried to sell a kid for five hundred dollars. You're selling your kid for cheap, and you expect for me to let you off because you're telling for on people that are higher up. Who cares? We want everybody. Because you shouldn't have did that. That's immoral right there, period. Yeah, Buck, I'll let you finish up the topic, man. 
Out of Space Boy chimed in the chat room said that's what kills me with people anymore if you do it. If you yeah, if you do it, say you did it, don't lie about it, man up. People are all sneaky till they get caught, then all of a sudden they get all moral. Come on, get real. And yeah, that's probably what's gonna go down if it comes out that Patino knew something. Uh, it's hard for me to believe that you can have strippers, a DJ, a full blown party in a dorm. And um, the coach not know. You know, I mean, just the coach knows generally everything. I mean, when you when you agree, Daddy Rich, there, there's no way the coach can say he didn't know this went on for four years. I just don't believe that. Man, he knew. He knew somebody somewhere has some pictures of him knowing what happened. And I'm gonna tell you. They're deep. They're gonna to have to dig deep, and he's probably end up going end up resigning because that person is gonna come out. Something's gonna come out on him because this is far for him to have this much going on after he already had that other thing. That tells you that he's not. First of all, you're right because he should have been over over cautious looking at things like that after what he had just went through. So there's no way. There's no way he he knows he he man he's 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 out his his whole track record that he's done and built all these years his whole life of coaching is gone down into the toilet just like uh, Joe Paterno's right now it's gone it is gone okay all right well we'll see how it all plays out out of space boy says he knew I agree I think he knew as well. But we're going to see how it all plays out and um, what's going to happen. Thank you for staying on for that. Uh, you can stay on for the next topic if you want, because uh, it's not just your everyday sports topic. But, uh, oh, something I forgot to do. When I was down in New Orleans, I met some uh, women that I want to give a shout-out to, to Ashley, Angie, Shantika and Mallory, um, all of them are from Memphis, except um, Shantika's from Athens, Georgia, I believe. So we have shouts out to them. Um, I'm pretty sure they're listening. And um, Buck, are you back with me, man? Okay, I don't know what's going on with his phone. If you can hear me, Buck, you might want to hang up a call back in. Uh, Daddy Rich, I know you're still his fan as well, just like Buck. And you know, your the defensive end, Cam Hayward. Um, decided to wear, you know how they wear the little um, eye patches underneath their eye. Um, and so on his eye patches that he was wearing, um, he had something to honor his late father, who also played in the NFL. He had iron head on each of the eye blacks, you know, iron on, on the uh, right eye and head on the left eye. So the NFL fined him almost $6,000 for wearing that on um, his eye black, and he's facing another fine of almost $12,000 for doing it again. Uh, now, his dad died from a brain tumor in 2006 at the age of 39. And so his thing is, why is it that we can honor breast cancer awareness and all this other stuff, but when I try to pay homage to my father who died from a brain tumor 
all of a sudden I'm getting hit, hit in the wallet. Do you think that is fair to find these players from wanting to do things like this? Or do you think that, the you know, that is out of control and the NFL is trying to regulate too much? I think we need to look and see Roger Goodell's origin of nationality from the beginning because he may be a communist because what's going on here? <laughs> he he is running this thing like a man. Is they got to look into him, man? Because this they got to look into this, and I think maybe he's over over stressed over the situation that he already had with uh, what's his name Brady. And everybody looking into him on that, but I don't know, man. I just think that, that I've always thought Goodell's just—he's jumping at things that it's just not fair, man. How he's doing some of these players, and they're getting fined for every little thing. And I think it's all in coordinates for the NFL to collect some money for for the pension plans that they've got for all of these guys that they just started not long ago. I think that there's a. a a real plan behind what Goodell's doing with all these fines and charges and they're being stiff about things. But then also I know that they need it, but then I look at it, I mean, look at how many people watch the NFL and, and buy the, the the gear. And I mean, it's just it's crazy. So then you look at Goodell and you're like, man, you know, maybe they need to have Goodell on Come On Man with Keyshawn and them. They need to have a discussion mm-hmm. about him and his existence in the NFL, period. <laughs> Let's just put it that way, because he's he's not doing right, man. And that, you know, that's just it's it's about time. It's time they need to go ahead and form a coup and do whatever they got to do to get him on gone. Something needs that to happen because this, this dude is just. Um, I mean, he's doing the most. Now, I do think that you have to have some limits. Um, because you just don't want people just coming out there doing everything. But by the same token, I just don't see the big deal with this. Not $6,000. I mean, really? I just don't see the big deal with this. And, I I mean, it's just, I I think Goodell does too much. I think he does too much. And the players already hate him. So you don't have the respect of the league. And the owners are probably upset with you after what happened with Sean Payton and the, and the Saints and now with the Patriots, with you kind of going over the top. I don't know how much longer this dude has left, but I am ready to see him go. I am yeah, so ready to indeed. see him go. I just don't think you find some – I mean, look, if if you don't like it, find a guy 250 bucks. you know, something very small to show, all right, look, well – by rule, I got to find you, but I'm not going to make a big deal out of it because I know what you're trying to do, you know. I mean, and like I said, you want to have limits. You don't want to have uh, every player out there, you know, you see someone and he got nook-nook on his eye black because his partner nook-nook got killed in the drive-by. You know, you don't want to get to that point, you know, paying homage to a little nook-nook, an uh, old pistol starter or somebody, you know what I mean? You don't quite want to take it there. But, I mean, this is his man's dad, and he played in the NFL. Right, you know? right. So it's like you got to have some type of understanding there. And if the guy wants to do that to show honor to his father, 
we don't know the motivation behind all of it. Some guys do stuff just for publicity. I get that, but it's not up to us to question that. You know, we right. take it, take them at face value for what it's worth. You know, and just go from there. So, I think a deal. Maybe, maybe Hayward should have gone to them beforehand and put in some kind of a motion for him to ask to do this. And then if they said yeah. no, just went and did it anyway. You know what I'm saying? But maybe he should have done something of the sort, man, just to maybe get it cleared to where he didn't he didn't put himself in liability for a fine. You know, because yeah. you got to look. That's how they look at things. It's a business. And, you know, they look, well, you went outside of the rules and blah, blah, blah. Well, technically, man, come on, dude. Let's, really? Are you going to do that? Because that's not right, you know. You're telling right. them to do something. And that's what Goodell's problem is, is he's, he's telling them not to do something, but he's doing things that he's not supposed to do, and that's not fair. Right. If, if you're going to dip in the cookie jar, then let them dip, man. You know, hell, right. they won't eat. Lead by example. <laughs> right. Lead, lead by example. So, that's why his time should be shortened, and, and he should be cleared to go free and do yeah, what he wants. He's been around too long as it is. So, yeah. all right, we'll get into the a few of these games. We'll just hit some of them. Um, the Saints ended Atlanta's unbeaten uh, title, and they beat them thirty-one to twenty-one in New Orleans. Seemed like they kind of handled them pretty easily. The Falcons dropped to five and one, and they're, now they're a half game behind. Carolina, who's five and up. Um, Houston beat Jacksonville thirty-one twenty. Houston's only a game out of first place with a two and four record because the AFC South is not really that good right now. Cleveland blew an opportunity with the Broncos losing twenty-six to three in overtime. Payton again was not good, but the defense once again bailed him out for the sixth time, and um, they were able to escape Cleveland with a win. And um, Daddy Rich, Johnny Manziel is under scrutiny right now. They're saying that he hit his woman. This is a guy that's been in trouble throughout the league. And as soon as he's been here, I mean, he's had alcohol issues. He's been to rehab and things of that nature. I don't know what the rehab was for, if it was for alcohol or drugs or whatever. But um, now he's been accused of hitting his woman, man. If the league decides to find Manny, Johnny Manziel and if he gets suspended. Have we seen him um, as a Cleveland Brown for the last time? No, I don't think so. The reason that I don't think anything will happen is because there's no video. It's his word against hers. And uh, I think he'll get away with it. And, uh, you know, maybe they'll make him go through some classes or something. I think this will be done uh, – Hopefully Haslam's on top of it because I'd hate to see this kid, you know, get kicked out of the league. But that's, that's this is going to start. It's like the witch hunt. It's, it's Ray Ray Rice, you know. Is you know, but you know, as long as there's no physical things where there did I I haven't read about it. I'm not really too you know. I don't I don't not up on it really. Is is did she? Uh, I know she said something and then said she didn't want to press charges. Right. And, uh, yeah, I believe so. I mean, but she had, like, a mark on her arm. They had pictures and things of that nature, so. Like a little scar on her arm or something? Yeah. Okay. Probably where he grabbed her, he probably left a, a bruise right. on her arm. Um, well, you know, I, I don't think that there's going to be too much made of it. Uh, the woman is, you know, already, like I was saying, she said she didn't want to press any charges. So I'm sure that they, she's not going to, and, 
sometimes the state will pick that stuff up, and if the cops want to be assholes, then they will, you know, which is they really got to look at domestic things because my mother worked, worked with the DA, and that was what her field was, was domestic situations. And one of the things that she learned was that when you get involved as far as the law and you get involved, that the woman will call the police and then the police get there and then they take them to jail and then they start, I don't want them to go to jail and blah, blah, blah. So it's already said and done. And so then they go to court and they're crying, I don't want to press charges, yada, yada. And they go through these things over and over. Well, a lot, sometimes the state will just pick up things if it's like really bad, you know, oh, she's been beat up bad, bad, even if she doesn't want to press any charges. But uh, like she says, that you can cause a lot of problems. It they The two parties get angry, more angry with the law enforcement and the judges and the DA and then they mm-hmm. do with each other once things ball down, you know. So basically, this we're humans, and we've gone through these things, and we know that there are people out there like that. Uh, so what, basically, what needs to happen if it's not something that we're the man just just beat the hell out of her, then I think that he's he's gonna be all right, man. He's too okay. he's too good. He he's a good player, man, and I don't know what his his attitude is like. You know, obviously it's not good, but he didn't as long as he didn't hit her in the face, you know, or. He just grabbed her or something, you know. I don't know. Yeah, if he I grabbed her and tried to restrain her, then um, that could yeah. also leave those marks that we saw. Um, we don't know what he did, what happened, if she can prove it or not. But it's just not the type of trouble you want to be surrounded by when you've already had issues um, just trying to stay in the league. So, yeah, dude, he really has to walk a thin line um, and try to – Avoid those type of situations as much as possible. He really does. I mean, if you if you're in the situation he's in, and a woman starts arguing with you, man, break out your cell phone cameras and record it for proof and walk away. Yep. Because it's just it's just if you if you're truly innocent, then you have to be just extra careful to prove that you're innocent. Because a lot of times in those situations, they're going to take her word over yours if they, she has any type of mark on her. And so, Buck, are you back with us, man? Okay, I don't know what's going on with his line. But anywho, so, uh, all right, moving on. And uh, Cincinnati remains undefeated with a 34-21 win over the Bills. They're 6-0. They're still rolling. Uh, Miami, 38. Tennessee, 10. Miami gets back in the mix with their second win. Tennessee blows the opportunity of a team they can kind of beat, that they should have been able to beat, to kind of keep pace with Indy and the South. So Tennessee, uh, Mariota kind of fell back to the pack really fast. Uh, Detroit 37 and Chicago 34. Overtime. Uh, Man, that doggone Jay Cutler threw for 353 yards, but Matthew Stafford threw for 405 and four touchdowns. And, I mean – I mean, it's not often, uh, DR, that you see someone get benched a week before and then come back and sling the rock like this. Man, Stafford's good though, man. He he's he's really good. He uh he did well at Georgia. I remember he ate us up a few times at Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
He's got good receivers. I mean, he's got two two really good, one of the best receivers. And then Golden Tate's no slouch. Uh, you know, he's he's pretty good himself, man. And, uh, he's used to this, though. We're, we're used to seeing him. I don't know what's happened to Detroit in that. The Dominican suit probably really hurt them, man. I, I don't know, man. It's, they can score and they have the talent on offense, but I think their defense is killing them because it's making their offense have to work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Stafford, man, I can't believe Cutler. I'm more amazed at Cutler than uh, Cutler I am has really has really kind of bounced back and has played well the last few weeks. And um, he's he's minimized his mistakes a little bit, and um, I mean I really think that uh, he's done some pretty good things, you know. And um, you know, it, the thing is, can he keep up? That's that's the deal. Can Jay Cutler keep it up and be successful more times than not? I think that's the problem that he has. He seems to just go into this mode, just like. You know, Eli did last night where it makes you shake your head like, what in the world are you doing? So, all right, so let's see. Moving on. The Jets, 34, Redskins, 20. Um, the Jets are 4-1, and one, looking pretty good. I'm pretty sure your boy Mike Caldwell is happy about how things are going up there. Um, no doubt. Now, you know, the Jets, at this point, they're in really good shape. Um they have to play New England at New England next week, and I so look forward to that game to see what happens. Um, man, the Steelers 25, the Cardinals 13. I would have had a hard time thinking, getting someone to – well, you would have had a hard time getting me to think that not only would the Steelers win, but that they would win by more than double, you know, double digits. And um, 20 – 22 second-half points, man. I'm pretty surprised and kind of impressed about the defense as of late. Man, this still is defense. I, I've got a friend here. He's uh, from Boston. And he, we uh, chop it up a lot. He's a, he's a Patriots fan. and uh, I told him when the season started, when we first started watching, I said, man, it's going to be the Steelers and the Patriots, man, in this, this championship and AFC championship. I said, I can see it because Brady's throwing like he's mad as hell. And Roethlisberger is trying to tell everybody, look, man, don't don't forget about me now. <laughs> and he's doing his thing. And when he gets back, I think we'll be in full swing. Thanks to Michael Vick and this little young Landry guy who came in and, and got it. It just clicked for him. I think it just opened up. You know, and the defense has started playing like the old defense. They're nasty. They want to get in there and get get grimy. They they're not missing mm-hmm. tackles. That key uh, is the the arm tackling and the missing the tackles. It, it seems like the old Steelers are back. They want to hit. They want to inflict punishment and pain. And that's what I like to see. That old school. What they None of those 21 yards came in the end, came in the end zone. Uh, 421 yards were in the end zone. Now let me. Uh, well, he did get one touchdown pass. Let me also point this out. 
we've always heard people talk about those who play Madden or whatever and look at their ranks on Madden that um, Patrick Peterson was one of the fastest guys on the planet. Martavius Bryant walked off and left that dude, man. Um, yeah. On that second touchdown catch he had, you saw Patrick Peterson yeah. enter the picture, and then he was gone. Yeah. I mean, he did not have he, he did not have anything for Martavius Bryant. No, sir. So, no, sir. Yeah, yeah, so I was man, I'm like, that dude got some quicks. But Martavius man. Bryant came back in a big way, six catches, 137 yards, and two touchdowns, including one for 88 yards. Um, Antonio Brown is still suffering. Now, he did get targeted eight times, but um, Landry Jones threw some horrible passes. Uh, to him when Antonio Brown looked like he was open. He threw behind him a couple of times, but this is a guy that had 24 yards receiving and 23 came in one pass. So uh, he has to be frustrated, but by the same token, he can't be too upset because, you know, you all are winning. And um, Landry Jones did some good things. And who would have thought that Michael Vick getting hurt could be a blessing in disguise? Because um, Vick wasn't getting it done three passes three for eight for six yards. Anytime you have six yards passing and your longest pass was seven yards, you know you had a bad day. <laughs> so um, we'll see what happens going forward. But right now you're still as a four and two, and they're looking pretty good. Oh, yeah, man. Looking really good. All right. The Vikings 16 and the Chiefs 10. Big win for the Vikings who are in three and two. Um, I wasn't very happy with – Adrian Peterson only getting 60 yards, being that he's on my fantasy team. Uh, 26 carries and 60 yards, so they really locked him down. It's kind of an ugly game, a defensive game, but um, the Vikings were able to do the thing, and the Chiefs are now 1-5, and, five and man, they're done. So at this point, you got to think about who you're going to get to replace Jamal Charles because um, he can't keep a, a ACL intact at all. The Great Packers moved to six zero with a twenty seven twenty over the chart twenty win over the Chargers who are now two and four. And Phillip Rivers for five hundred and three yards, two touchdowns with no interceptions, and they still lost twenty seven to twenty. How in the world is a quarterback for five hundred yards and you lose? The defense sucks. If you can't stop them. And keep your and your quarterback's giving you everything. You've got to give him some stops, and that's just what it, what it is, man. And I don't think that the defense is equipped to do that. They 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 give too much. It's, you're tired. Well, if the offense is on the field, like with 500 and something yards, this man threw for that means they were on the field. So that means the defense had time to rest. So there's no excuses there. They got to buckle down, and somebody we got to look at the weak points there. Because if you can't get a couple of stops, one or two here or there, just to save the game, then we got to look to replacing some people. That's the way I see it. If my quarterback throws for them there half a thousand yards in one game and we lose, I'm looking at the defensive coordinator like, what's going on? Who who do we need to be looking at right now? You or mm-hmm. who? What? <laughs> <laughs> Because either he didn't put them in the right sets or he just don't have the right set of people out there. Well, I'm not sure what's going on, but, I mean, to throw for that amount of yardage 
to almost double Aaron Rodgers' production. Um, and then Kenan Allen was on his way to breaking probably the receiving record for most receptions in a game. I think he had 11 receptions in the first half, and then he ended up getting hurt. He still finished with uh, 14 catches for 157 yards, and I think he left early in the third quarter. So this is a guy that probably would have gone for like 20, on his way to about 23, 24 catches and close to 300 yards at the rate they were going. But, uh, yeah, nothing to show for it. Great stats, nothing to show for it. The Chargers are two and four. The Packers are six and zero. Oh. The Chargers have got to find a way to get their running game going. They've got to find a way. Melvin Gordon, um, it's not getting it done, but I think they've got to stick with him a little more. I don't like how they involve Woodhead so much. I think they're taking away Melvin Gordon, and um, this multi-back system to me is destroying more teams than it is hurting. And, and the- all right, say so what now? Yeah, in their case it is because they're trying they're still trying to replace uh Sproles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems that way. So um the game that probably surprised me the most was Carolina coming back on the road thirteen points in the fourth to beat Seattle twenty six to twenty three and to drop Seattle to two and four. Carolina's now five and oh. Cam Newton didn't have a great first half, but he came back in the second half and did his thing with Greg Olson, the tight end, who had seven catches, 131 yards, and a touchdown. And he found a way to wield the Panthers to victory over Seattle. Man, does Seattle have a Super Bowl hangover? Is it like one of those deals where you get so close and you don't make it, and it's to the point the regular season is down boring to you because you're so stuck on where you were in the postseason? Man, no, I think what Seattle's problem is is their defense is not concentrating. And when I say concentrating is that they're there and they're thinking that people are just going to not do things like you remember hearing people say they didn't throw to Dion's side because Dion was there. Well, you know, as time passed, quarterbacks just didn't care about who was there, but they were cautious, you know, if that guy was there. But I think that the, the Seattle defense has gotten uh, complacent, and they're they're thinking that people fear them, and they never feared them for being like they feared the Ravens for big hits mm-hmm. and you know things like that. They only feared them for their setup, how they set, and you know they had a good set with the defensive backs and the linebackers, and it was a good congruent situation. But now I think they're out of congruency. And uh, you can see how Sherman and all the and Chancellor they're arguing because well why didn't you do this when that the, the touchdown that won the game the Olsen Sherman clearly clearly should have phased off and seen that and because Chancellor's the safety he's the back man but Chancellor should have right. moved over quickly still I say Sherman should have picked it up because he ran right past him he looked right at he it did. he did and, that, and he started looking around. <laughs> right. For for what? You're the man. You're the yeah. one. What are you, what was he guarding? Space? Right. You know? At that and point it doesn't matter who's man it is to pick him up. Exactly. Game one because of that. And mm-hmm. that that's the reason why Seattle's having problems. 
And as far as their offense goes, they they miss uh, Lynch, but they also miss that Turbin guy. I'm telling you, he's in Cleveland yeah. now. Yeah, he's I'm a telling you, he's a thumper, and he would go in and thump people, and that's how they would get Lynch because Lynch is a thumper too, and you got two thumpers just banging. That's going to slow some linebackers and some line, defensive linemen down, let alone those defensive backs. They're not even coming for that. <laughs> Come fourth quarter, you know they're running through them tackles quick. Right, right. So, yeah, but Carolina's looking good right now. So we'll see if it continues. Jonathan Stewart, seventy-eight yards and two touchdowns, so he did pretty well himself. All right, Baltimore, man, one and five. They drop a twenty-five twenty loss to the two and four now two and four Forty Niners. Baltimore is not looking good at all. I don't know what's going on. Joey Flacco is just not getting it done. Um, Justin Forsett is probably not 100% healthy, so I'm pretty sure that doesn't help. Um, but they've got to do something. I mean, I know that they missed Terrell Suggs, but you would think they would—you would think they're missing about eight starters on defense the way they play sometimes. Um, so they're just not playing well at all. Anytime Colin Kaepernick goes for 340 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions, you're not playing good defense. So, New England, <laughs> 34, and the Colts, 27. Man, my thing is, in this game, did, did you see the game? Uh, Yeah, I watched it. What yeah. in the world happened on that fake punt? This guy, they were, they're getting ready to run a fake punt, I guess, to try to get the Patriots to jump off sides. And according to what they talked about today, the center who was hiking the ball had never practiced the particular play. He was never supposed to hike the ball, but what does he do? He hikes the ball to the guy who was not ready for it, and he gets tackled on fourth down. They turn the ball over. I mean, man, Chuck Pagano's not looking good right now. It's looking mighty <laughs> shaky, baby. <laughs> getting caught weld. He's getting yeah. caught. I mean, yeah. so the Colts are in a little trouble, if you ask me. They'll probably win their division. But uh, no one fears them right now. Man, they'll win their division, but that's about it. When they get into the playoffs, it's over. Because they're not even really competitive with the teams that are competitive. And, you know, it's like they're playing to their uh, competition with – look at who's who they play against. I mean, wow. I, I don't – I mean, the Titans, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bill Jaguars, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? The Texans, right now, all they have is J.J. Watt. If they didn't have him, they would be terrible. They might just lose every game. You know, it's terrible. I don't know, yeah. man. Or, you know, so, Indianapolis is damn sure going to win and go to the playoffs because of that division's weak. But, you know, it's just like, wow, man. But when they play to competition, it's just like, I don't know, man. Their defense is terrible, and that coach is for that situation right there. I don't, man, I don't care who's your defense. I mean, your, your uh, special teams coach. I, when I seen that going on, when I first seen that, I would call timeout. Period. That is <laughs> no timeout. With and I looked at the dude. And do you remember what we did to Josh Scobie uh, just yeah. a few weeks ago? That's yeah. exactly where I, I said, dude, are you crazy? I said, you put you in the game. You're a professional. 
you probably get paid a hundred thousand, two hundred, you know, something. He's not getting paid much, but he's getting paid better than the average man. And mm-hmm. you're going to get out and not keep your mental well enough. You're supposed to be a professional, not to snap that damn ball right there. I don't <laughs> give a damn if you did not know. You are gone. Period. That's the end of him. Damn, it's the fourth. It's fourth down, man. You are you crazy? That's all I would say to him. I would say I don't give a damn who told you what, whatever. But you seen everybody over there, and they had two or three guys right there to knock this out of his ass, and you're gonna snap it for what? What the hell are you thinking? That's what I. Where was he? Where was that guy gonna go? Right. You didn't even block after you snapped the damn ball. <laughs> you just sat there in the same pose. Essentially turned around and looked at the guy like, you better run. <laughs> <laughs> Man. I would have said, man, just as soon as he came to the sideline, I said, man, keep rolling, man. <laughs> right. Okay. Straight keep to the locker rolling, room. Man. You ain't yeah, got to go home, but you got to get up out of here. Yeah, we're at home, so you can just leave everything, all that stuff, your cards to get in, all that. Just, so mm-hmm. just go ahead on. We don't. I won't see you when we get out, the game's over. I do not want to see you. That's period. Yeah, yeah. I, ain't, I, ain't, yeah. I, I definitely understand that. That was that was horrible, dude. I, I laughed so hard when I saw that play. I just couldn't could help but laugh, man. I'm like, this is just so freaking sad. You're a professional. So, yeah. all right. I'll... And um, last night the game was very painful to watch. The Eagles 27, the Giants three. Don't think that it was some mastery, well-put-together game of the Eagles. Neither one of these teams wanted to win. It's just the Giants wanted to lose more than the Eagles wanted to lose. Uh, it was a sloppy game. There were 12 penalties, 12 penalties on the Giants' side, nine on the Eagles. Um, I think there were – yeah, the Eagles had four turnovers. The Giants had three. It was just ridiculous. Uh, Eli was just getting rid of the ball. Eli didn't care who caught the ball. He just threw it. Because they were getting in on him. His offensive line refuses to block. DeMarco Murray had his best game of the season, going 22 carries for 109 yards. Chip Kelly finally, and a touchdown, Chip Kelly finally stuck with him. And uh, the dividends paid off, mainly probably because Darren Sproles did leave the game uh, for a minute. They thought he had a concussion, but he did come back. And um, the Giants just looked bad. And, Bucker, did I hear you back on I guess that's my imagination. And uh, DR, the Giants just look bad on offense, man. And it's like you have Odell Beckham, you have Ruben Randall, Larry Donnell, Dwayne Harris, pretty good receivers. You have Shane Vereen, who's a, you know, versatile back, and Rashad Jennings, who's a pretty good runner. But I'm guessing it has to be the offensive line that's letting them down because these guys are not getting opportunities to perform. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's got to be what it is, man. I I don't know, man. It's either that or just wow. I don't know, man. That's that's a sad situation to see Eli. And I heard uh, a statement today, man. Uh, I think it was on uh, uh, pardon the interruption. Mm-hmm. And I think it uh, Cornhouse mm-hmm. said uh, it was. It was sad to see how they let Eli beat himself. And 
how he was just throwing the picks. The one pick was it. But the, You're the kind of breaking up. I mean, but go ahead, go ahead and try to. The the one pick was his fault, but the uh-huh. one pick wasn't. That but pick, it's pick kind of like definitely his fault. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and what Cornhouse pointed out was, it was his short game that was lacking, and he wasn't paying attention. He was not um, concentrating. As I say I call it concentrating when you go into that realm when you're playing sports. Well, when I did, it gets to a point where you start concentrating rather well so that things flow right for you. And I don't think that he was concentrating enough. He was just going through motions and sets. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what his deal is, but like I told you before, remember what I said before the season started, that he should have gone somewhere else, just got a fresh start. And I think the Giants – would have had would have been happy with that also. I think both parties would have been better off. It appears that way, but you know, they're stuck now, so we'll see what happens. But um that's the last pro game that I had. I wanna talk really quick quick about um a few college games. One, with me being a Michigan fan, I still have not seen my stomach behind that the way that game ended. Um I mean, you have the lead. All you have to do is run like out, punt the ball, and the kicker bobbles the punt. Michigan State picks it up and runs in slow motion back to the end zone for the winning touchdown with no time left. Um, Win 27-23. I mean, that was just that was just painful, man. I, I can't think of any other way to describe that. Um, yeah. Another top 25 action: Iowa 40, Northwestern Western 10. Iowa's ranked number 17, Northwestern number 20. Now people are realizing Northwestern doesn't deserve to be in there. Uh, number 10, Alabama beat number 9, Texas A&M, 41-23. This dude, Derrick Henry, is looking like something special at running back. He looks like the type of guy you want to bring in on third and three so he can run over some folks. No doubt. No doubt, man. He's a big bruiser, man. He he is a big bruiser. I, he's, he's gone. NFL, you know, just like mm-hmm. the rest of going, man, Alabama, man. And I, somebody sent me a, a, a picture of a running back that becomes eligible uh, this coming up Saturday when we play him. And, man, this mm-hmm. guy looks like a lineman. He's like 6'4", probably oh, dog, oh. 60-something like that, man. I'm like, wow, look at this dude. I mean, man, wow, he just became eligible. And I'm like, Really, man, that's just that's just ironic. You're coming to, here, we come into town, and this big bruiser that they have becomes eligible. And they just lost that one kid. He, I think he has a deep thigh bruise or something. Uh, God, I can't remember his name. The other uh, running back they have back there, uh, he's got a crazy. Chubb. Can't remember. Oh no, not not Georgia. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Alabama. Oh, yeah, Alabama. Uh, um, let's see. I can tell you his it. name. Uh, is it Coker? Yeah. yeah. Jake Coker? Yep, he got uh, knocked up a little bit. I think the, he had a little thigh bruise, man. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I seen him. Now the game didn't come back. They was taking him into the Woodsman dude, to the, the back room there, so the locker room. So it looks like he's probably hurt. 
But I'm sure, you know, with this guy coming in, all they got to do is tell him run up this hole in that one. You know, it's not hard. Just <laughs> just do that. Take people with you and everything. Be all right. But Henry, yeah. man, he's a man. Beast. God, he is, man. Another beast, God. of course, is Leonard Fournette. Dude already has 1,200 yards rushing in six games, 14 touchdowns. Ran for 180 yards and two touchdowns, averaging almost six yards a carry against Florida's. Well, up until Saturday, they had a great defense. LSU beat Florida 35 to 28. LSU was number six. Florida was number eight. And um, you know, Florida hung around despite not having their quarterback. But um, they weren't able to pull it off. Now their quarterback that came in didn't have a horrible game. 17 of 32. 271 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. So I think uh, Trayon Harris played pretty well. And, um, you know, Florida can look forward to a good bowl game, even without Will, what's his face? Um, I don't remember his name. But anyway, the thing about it is, can anyone do anything before that? That's what we're going to find out. And uh, say what? I don't think so. I think that kid's the truth. I think so, too. The shocker for those of us in the South was uh, number 13, Ole Miss, losing to Memphis, 37-24. to 24. Now, I know Memphis has done some improving, but uh, they jumped out on Ole Miss early, and they never looked back. And what does this mean? I mean, Daddy Rich, this is the Ole Miss that went into Alabama and beat Alabama, and now they lose on the road to Memphis? What this means is the NCAA will be looking into Memphis's situation on the low low. <laughs> That's what it means. <laughs> Tennessee, Tennessee, they got to look at it because I'm sure Saturday when Alabama desecrates us, they're going to mm-hmm. say, hmm, hmm, hmm. Well, well, well. Wonder what's going on down there in Memphis. Right. Let's go down. See what's going on in the blue in the in the blues state? See what's hmm. going down. Yeah, because hmm. man, I'm telling you, that's that was a I was because I kept waiting for it. You know, I kept okay, it's coming, it's coming, and, and Memphis never gave in. I was like, wow, these guys fought for four quarters and they beat them, and this, these people just went and beat the beast. Hmm. Wow, <laughs> man! We gotta see. Mm-hmm. We gotta see. It's it's they got some big things going on down there. Well, Memphis definitely uh, pulled off the surprise on this one, if you ask me. And uh, they really made Ole Miss look bad. They really made Ole Miss look bad, and they just kind of nullified what they did against Alabama. At this point, no one cares. Alabama still one of the best teams in the country. Miss Ole Miss is not. Um, (laughs) Texas A&M Number 9 Texas A&M Dropped a home game to The aforementioned Alabama Crimson Tide Ranked number 10 41-23 This game was over pretty early It was 28-6 at one point Texas A&M did cut the lead to 28-20 But you never really felt like they were going to get back in it Um, And again Like I said Derrick Henry just did his thing So uh, that dude is, he's not going to win the Heisman. That's Leonard Fournette's trophy. 
but um, he, he's still someone to keep an eye on for next year's draft. Maybe if you're um, if you're um, oh, what was the team I was thinking about just a little while ago needed a running back. Ah, God, slipped my mind. This NFL team, but anyway, um, that's just someone they can keep an eye on for the draft next year as a top ten pick. So, all right, uh, Dr. I mean Thursday night game, Seattle, San Francisco. They're both two and four, but this is a rivalry game, you know. And I like how CBS is doing division games every Thursday. It seems so. Um, it could be a kind of nasty game, even though both teams are two and four. It might be enjoyable to watch. Because um, San Francisco can really hurt Seattle by winning this game and dropping them to two and five. Is there any chance the Forty ers can beat Seattle on the road Thursday? Oh, yeah, man, they they can if as long as the Legion of Boom is terrible, you know. But you know, Colin Kaepernick can look good. But I think that uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna shape up this game, but. It can happen if they're not there. If they're not mentally uh, concentrating. Well, man, I don't know if San Fran can win this game, especially with Seattle coming off a loss. Um, I'd be very surprised if they were capable of doing that. Um, But it's going to be a pretty interesting game nonetheless. Um, I'm starting to get used to Thursday night football a little bit. And like I said, as long as they put those division games on, then they'll have my interest. But, uh, man, just Thursday night football is really throwing my schedule off, though, bro, because, you know, you got, I already got, you know, the weekends that I'm watching football, so Saturday and Sunday. Then, um, you know, Mondays I have Monday night football. Then I do my show Tuesday and Wednesday. Now I got Thursday night football, and then I, I do the announcing for some high school football here locally on some Fridays. So it's like seven days a week, man, I'm doing something. And even though I love what I do and I love my football, some days you just want to, you know, wash clothes and clean up every now and then. <laughs> so, man, I'm struggling to find some time. My DVR is down to 3%. <laughs> so, I ain't kidding, man. It's like I ain't watched Scandal in so long, man. The last time I saw Scandal, I think President Fitzpatrick was in his first term. Fitzgerald was in his first term. And I'm just so behind on stuff. So, uh I'll get caught up sometime. I'm in February, I guess. But, uh, all right, do a couple of who am I's and we'll shut this thing down. Let's see who had some birthdays today. Hold on, this is the 21st. Let me go back to the 20th. And I don't know any of these guys. Okay, I see a couple... SEC dude in here. And I'll just pull about two of them out. Okay. This is a 5'11", 178-pound receiver. Turns 39 years old today. I thought he would have been older. Drafted in the first round of 1997 by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out of Florida. Number 85, who am I? Golly, I remember. I can't. I'm trying to remember the name. Oh, man. Wide receiver out of Florida. Gosh. Yeah. Seems like I want to say something like manual or something. 
like that. Uh, I'm going to say no. Or <laughs> something like that. Gosh, I don't know why I can't remember this dude. Mm. His middle name is Clarence. I know that doesn't help you, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> no, that doesn't help me at all. Uh, You'll know it when you hear it. It's Mr. Rydell Anthony. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Last one. Six foot four, two hundred ten pound receiver who turns forty six years old today. Drafted in the first round, number ten overall in nineteen ninety one by the Detroit Lions out of Virginia. Moore? Uh, Moore? Yep, Herman Joseph Moore. And um, I didn't know he actually played one game as a Giant before he retired. I had no idea he played a game with a Giant. Would have been one of the greatest tight ends, I mean, excuse me, greatest wide receivers had he not come along at the same time as Jerry Rice and Chris Carter and Sterling Sharp. And some of those other big time receivers, Michael Irvin from the from the nineties. He just came along at the wrong time. Um, yeah. But dude was he was big time from ninety five to ninety seven, man. He was doing it. Going over a hundred receptions, almost seventeen hundred yards in nineteen ninety five. He was getting it done. So yeah. All right, DR, you got anything, man, if I shut this down? Man, just be on the look for me. I'm coming. I'm putting I'm, I'm putting the works right now. It's coming. Okay, okay. I'll be waiting on it, man. And I'll go ahead. Yeah, yeah, do that. Do that. I want to check it out. So, All right, so we'll be back tomorrow at the same time, 10 p.m. Eastern, on the Top Q Radio Show. We'll get into... Um, an interesting discussion. Man, I'll tell you something, man. It really freaked me out when I read about it. And I'll go ahead and give you the exclusive on it um, and the other thousands of listeners out there. Anyway, um, have you ever heard of the term a bug chaser? No. No, a bug, a bug chaser is a guy who wants to con- – I'm stressing the word wants, who wants to contract the um, HIV virus. So he essentially, yeah, he essentially tries to seek out people who are HIV positive to have unprotected sex with to get the virus. They say it's, it's almost like a form of autoerotic asphyxiation where, you know, like the the fact that you can die, you know, I guess kind of excites you. And so I read this article this guy wrote about how he says that when you're looking into someone's eyes as they pass on this virus to you and you know you're getting it, it, he almost kind of compared it to a pregnancy, man. It was very creepy, very disturbing. And uh, this is something that's, that's trending. You know, there's some people out there who are seeking people who are HIV positive, and it's the most disturbing thing I've heard, and it's going to be one of the topics on tomorrow's show. God. So, yeah. That, sick. 
<laughs> yeah, so it's like some type of sexual suicide, so to speak. And it's uh, these are people so, walking past us at the mall. We don't even know. So some crazy people now. I ain't going to the mall anymore. Some crazy yeah. people. In this wow. I know, man. So anyway, hey, that's what we'll get get into on tomorrow. Say so what? We'll see you tomorrow. I can't wait. I hope everybody comes on. So, yeah, yeah. That's going to freak some people out for sure. But, all right, everyone. Appreciate it, DR. Y'all go to talktoq.com, get more information on the show, find out if you want how to be a guest if you wish to be a guest, or submit suggestions for topics if you want. You know, we discuss just about everything on this show. I'm not afraid to talk about it. I'll put it out there. Everyone have a good night. Peace out. Talk to you tomorrow. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? We got something to move tonight, and we start the whole circle thing go. Help me. Keep the thing move. We not out. Let's go. Play it. You play to win. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? Playoffs? What are you talking about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Be a dog. You don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice?